Flyover Politics Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Okay, Sean, so Democrats have since been trying to find their message, pretty right. much centered on the resistance, but a comparison from a Virginia Democrat ad goes further than almost right. anything we've seen. Watch this ad. Right now. If we have it. We don't. It's coming. It's coming. Dan Helmer, I approve this message. I'm different. I'm not a politician. I'm a Rhodes Scholar who served in combat. I'm for a Medicare for All option and against drug companies that rip off seniors. I'll fight the gun lobby to protect children, not guns. After 9-11, the greatest threat to our democracy lived in a cave. Today, he lives in the White House. No one, even the president, is above the law. Barbara Comstock has beaten every politician. I'm different. So, Sean? It's, it's reprehensible. I mean, the idea that you're comparing the President of the United States to a terrorist that inflicted stood death to our country um, is reprehensible. And I think what the biggest problem is, is that in the 10th Congressional District in Virginia, you've got like 12 people trying to defeat Barbara Comstock. She's a tough fighter. She's worked hard for the, for the Commonwealth of Virginia and for the people there. And they're trying to figure out how to win this primary by going so far to the left. And if you watch the commercials in Northern Virginia, it's one extreme after the next because that's the only way they can win a Democratic primary these days, which is go as far as you can to the left and then the next person has to go even further. So it's a sad state when that's the level that you have to go at to win a Democratic primary. But since you brought up the subject of immigration again, it reminds me that, and as I was talking about uh, the religious groups and how they're concerned about feeding the hungry and the gospel of Matthew and the rest, 41 million people in our country are food insecure. Uh, we believe, that some of us who are attracted to the political arena, uh, to government and public service, uh, that uh, we're all God's children. There's a spark of divinity in every person on earth and that we all have to recognize that as we respect the dignity and worth of every person and as we recognize our responsibilities with that spark of divinity within us. And so when the President of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people, these are animals, you have to wonder, does he not believe in the spark of divinity, the dignity and worth of every person? These are not people. These are animals. The President of the United States. Every day that you think you've seen it all, along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane and why we have to continue the debate, striving for bipartisanship with openness about what is, what is at stake and what the choices are, and to be unifying in every way possible. Calling people animals is not a good thing. Thank you. Bye-bye. And at 7.30 this morning, he sent out this tweet, Brendan, looking forward to seeing the employment numbers at 8.30 this morning. But to send this tweet out one hour before it becomes public, the president gets that number the night before. That's exactly right. But we've right. never seen never. a president make never. that. I dare you. Go back and look. Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama. Find a president of the United States talking about tweeting, about communicating about the unemployment report before it came out. I dare you. We're going to get a jobs report at the end of this week, which 
probably will indicate we've lost at least another half million jobs. Tomorrow we're expecting another dismal jobs report on top of the 2.6 million jobs that we lost last year. Today we learned that this week the number of new unemployment claims jumped to 626,000. Tomorrow we're expecting another dismal jobs report. Just wondering, are you expecting more bad numbers with the jobs report tomorrow? Uh, I don't expect. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 3rd of June, year of our Lord, 2018. Recording early because the wife's on the road. Figure I'd get it done. And in the beginning there, you heard a Dem ad campaign that says Trump's OBL. And a GOP ad campaign that's actually based on reality, which, you know, I believe that's pretty fucking far-fetched but you know trump <clears throat> to the dems is obl and then lastly jobs number media hyperventilating uh and i played a montage of obama talking about the jobs before the jobs came out so even though the media thinks that's wrong for trump obama did it was okay before we get into the show i'd like to apologize for the last two podcasts i converted to a different recording software and somehow there was some serious errors in translation mono time shifts i'm back to normal now it won't happen again so i promise um i like to start off with a couple of fun ones one hit close to home new york times julie davis who complained about being called fake news by a little boy at real donald trump national rally had a correct fake news report about trump rally you could not make this up um, her tweet, depressing sight at Trump rally in Nashville, adorable young boy, probably about my son's age, pointing iPhone at me and other reporters and snapping pics while screaming fake news. A child who will grow up believing a free and fair press is the enemy to a bad thing, to be mocked and hated. There are plenty of children in this country, Julie Davis, that are being taught that you don't have to respect the President of the United States. You said that was wrong two years ago. Now you're doing it probably with your child. Shortly thereafter, because the New York Times ran articles with the disputed numbers that they just believed, her tweet, Trump is correct about this crowd last night. My estimate was way off, and we have corrected our story to reflect the fire marshal's estimate of 5,500 people. When we get it wrong, we say so, but we don't take down the previous tweets. Thus, those are retweeted, and the resistance continues on with their totally inappropriate conduct. Um, other ones that I could have talked about up front, but I, I guess I will, because I think it's important. We're about to play some more information about B and how the media covers it. I wanted, prior to hearing this sound bite and fire for effect, which is the Sunday shows, um, or not really Sunday shows, it was Chuck Todd and George Snuffleupagus the actual um, anchors of the Sunday shows, saying it's Trump's fault and, and excusing B's conduct. I want us to remember Melissa McKenzie, who's a female. Sorry, she's a female. Mitt Romney was pilloried for having a binder of women res- resum- resumes to help women get jobs. Samantha B calls a woman a despicable name and she gets the bell of the liberal ball. Think about that for a second. During 2012... The binders of women was such a big deal. The media ran with it. It was a liberal talking point. Now they have no problem with it. 
Mark Dice also. Twitter suspended me when I called Kevin Spacey a satanic scumbag. But Samantha B is applauded by the leftists for calling Ivanka Trump a cunt on national television. That is liberalism. And he's spot on. So I wanted those to be the primer as we go into our fire effect. A lot of Samantha B stuff up front. And as I ranted on the last show, it is hypocrisy at the highest level. now double standard of President Trump now weighing in. He's established the idea that there's a double standard. He's established the idea that what Roseanne said, which was racist and is, you know, was ba backing up 400 years of slavery and things like that, is the same as insulting somebody. He's already won. I mean, whether they fire yeah, her or not doesn't matter. Double standards, he didn't, he, he condemned this comment about his daughter, rightfully, right. but he didn't condemn the Roseanne comment. Nor has he ever apologized for the things that he has said in the past, which I would argue is one of the reasons that we're in the place we're in now, that there's an attempt to to create sort of outrage and shock that I think this White House is contributing to. You have the administration and, and, and Trump who has said things that are inconceivable that another president would have said. The idea that we'd be talking about whether or not a woman who used that slur on a television show, she'd said that about the Bush daughters or the Obamas, she would have been fired before dawn the next day. But I think the standards are shifting quickly around here. Is she out of the woods? Is it definite that the show won't get canceled? Heidi, this is... There's no defending Samantha Bee. Um, and yet it's hard to ever empathize with, with President Trump when they're asking, you know, for empathy since he torches people all the time, too. This is, if we just, where are we? It's just it's like, just like the, the whole comedic mess. industry in the era of Trump is becoming something different than what the country needs right now. There's a lot of the comedians are using it as a platform because so many young people get their news, for example, from the late night shows. Um, and they're angry and they are, you know, channeling that through their shows. And it's, and they, a lot of what's happening is not funny. And so it's become very ugly. A lot of what's happening in comedy is not funny either, if you ask No, me. but at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, it's like, you keep. How is it that the president is not responsible for this tone? Like, you know, it, it, you can't help but say it starts at the top. He regularly berates and mocks the looks of any of us. I've been one, you know. Uh, and so when he, when he expresses, I can't believe they said that about me, it's hard to feel sorry for him. Look, I think that's true, but I think it's also true that the criticism of him doesn't land to the extent that nobody in our culture is adhering to those old standards of civility. No, apparently only Donald Trump is allowed to cross a line. Yeah. Like that's it is interesting to me. Everybody else in our society has been punished for things Donald Trump doesn't get punished for. Roseanne Barr, he has said statements that many people have found it racist. He hasn't paid a price. Roseanne Barr's paid a price. I mean, he's used vile, awful, ugly language. He didn't pay a price. Samantha Bee's paying a price. 
everybody else pays a price for the same behavior, not him. It's well, very interesting. The White House's outrage would be more believable if it were consistent, which it's not. I mean, in this, in this, say this was. They've yet to condemn Roseanne's language. Well, sure, yeah, exactly. We're, we're having echoes of Charlottesville again all over this, over a tweet from a you know a sitcom star. Uh, you know, and this now Samantha Bee's comment is directed at a member of his family. Of course, he's going to respond to that. And this right. isn't this isn't a consistent level of outrage that you're hearing from the White Trump House. Trump doesn't believe in neutral standards. It, was, yeah. we were it goes back to what right? you said. It was I mean, a very good point. Fake news is news that is unflattering to this president. Right. It's not a question of a neutral standard of truth or falsity. Offensiveness, if it's an attack on him, it's offensive. If it's an attack on his allies, it's offensive. Otherwise, everybody's fair game. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it's in a, I feel like we're getting into unrecoverable territory. Unbelievable. Uh, it would never happen if it was flipped. But it comes from the whole mindset of liberals right now. Uh, this is Melinda Taub. She is the head writer for Full Frontal with Samantha Feckless Cunt. And she writes a tweet, too, on August 15th, 2017. She wrote a tweet reply to Ivanka Trump, and she said, Go fuck yourself, Blondie. So... I thought that was important. Then reviewing things that we had, uh, Chet Cannon sums it up pretty well. Uh, Samantha B calls uh, Trump a feckless cunt on TV. Uh, TV take it away. Molly and Chris Hayes, her executive producer, Miles Kahn, he tweeted these all together. So feckless cunt seems to be trending. So, I mean, it was all good with them. But Molly Knight, I remember, Roseanne Network wanted to showcase the average Trump voter and exactly what they got. And Chris Haig said Roseanne's problem turned out to be that she's far too authentically representative of the actual worldview of a significant Trump chunk of Trump base. And you don't hear that from anybody. Nobody's saying that Samantha Bee's conduct is the worldview of liberals. I'm sorry to disagree with you liberals, but... Roseanne's a comedian. Yes, she's a Trump voter. But as much as you want to paint it so you can win in the midterm and win the presidency back in 2020, a majority of Trump voters are not fucking racist. They were people that voted against Hillary Clinton, had a bad choice. Just like the millions of Democrats that voted against Trump for a person they didn't want to vote for, Hillary Clinton. The whole world of liberalism is that way. Chelsea Handler, it's easy to give up. Don't stick your neck out when you're tired. Take a break, but come back. For every person who fought for every marginalized community to have the right to use their voice, it is our time to honor them. They fought for us. We fight for the next generation. It is all identity politics. Josh Wheaton, Ivanka legitimized Trump by being pretty and seeming sane and Libs created a kind of sexy Rapunzel narrative that she was trapped. She's from a crime family. She's married into crime. She's a grown-up. She will do as much damage as she can get away with. Sam was too kind. Kathy Griffin. Shut the fuck up. Saliza goes, this is about whether Samantha B. can say it. It's about whether they should say it and whether we as a society should condone it. Because she tweeted that with the definition of the First Amendment. She then replied to him, shut the fuck up, you hack. When the White House press secretary on behalf of the president says they're discussing comments and shows are not fit for broadcast, we're heading into First Amendment territory. That I have to explain this to you reminds me how dumb you are. You are so fucking dense and embarrassing. Go look at Sarah Sanders' statement. Let that sit for a second. Chris Eliza is about far left as you can be. 
That's how half the resistance talks. He probably talks the same way behind closed doors, but he has to pretend that he's a journalist because that's what all our journalists do. Then there's Megan Kelly. She blasts him at the B. B is disgusting. Hate is hate, so Kelly, the question of a double standard in the media reaction to the offensive, disgusting, or just rude commentary has long been a complaint on the right. It's been a conversation a lot recently, starting with Michelle Wolf routine at the White House, corresponds to her, and through Roseanne's racist tweet earlier this week, and she's true. She was pilloried by the left. But probably the most depressing tweet because of somebody I really respected. I knew she was a feminist, but Sally Field. I like Samantha B a lot, but she is flat wrong to call Ivanka a cunt. And I'm like, good, good for her. Yeah, no. Cunts are powerful, beautiful, nurturing, and honest. This tweet was liked by Brian J. Karim, a CNN reporter. Ah, okay, best tweet of the day, young lady. CNN contributor, Playboy White House reporter, Brian Kareem, high-five Sally Field for cheering cunt slam on Ivanka. Katie Pavlich is the one that turned it into me. Says the guy regularly in the White House briefing room as an objective reporter, also the guy who demanded during a televised briefing that Sarah Sanders tells him if she'd ever been sexually harassed at work. Disgusting. True statement. He did do that. Tammy Bruce, a Hollywood liberal feminist arguing for the normalizing the debasement of women, all in the name of being able to condemn a woman they perceive as conservative as we wonder how Weinstein survived so long in the world. And she brings a true point. The media is playing this as normalized conduct by Trump. It's Trump's fault. But you normalize it every day with the way you talk to conservatives. Minnie Driver. That was the wrong word for Samantha B to have used, but mostly because, to paraphrase the French, Ivanka has neither the warmth nor the depth of a vagina, is basically what you say. And where does it get normalized? Our media. Netflix. They're, they're piling on. They got Wolf. They got Letterman. They got the Obamas. And Letterman, just to show how ingrained this conduct is on the left, wow, that was great about Michelle Wolf. Liberal comedian Michelle Wolf can't get enough support from her White House correspondent dinner routine. In the bonus episode of David Letterman's Netflix series, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, he praises Wolf for having the guts to stand up there and decimate the place. In the, in the, uh, in the episode bonus, you're David Letterman, you idiot. Yes, after sitting through six hours of David Letterman trying to be funny and asking people about Trump, he added a 40 minute bonus episode. Letterman and Seinfeld discussed it, and this is what he's saying. Uh, he was dismissing the outrage from certain elements, claiming whether you liked it or not. I really had great admiration, which is something that really only ever said when a liberal says something horrible like conservatives. There's no damage, Letterman argues, caused by jokes Wolf made. While Wolf made jokes to writing conservative women for their intellect and appearance, in addition to a crude joke about abortion, Letterman claims at least she didn't apologize. Well, you know, everybody's apologizing for everything. While Letterman rambled on about Wolf, Seinfeld managed to stay out of the conversation. Even when Letterman tried to get Seinfeld to say something about Trump, he responded, it doesn't interest me. Because Seinfeld's smart. He knows that a lot of his fucking viewers and people that loved him and people that watch Seinfeld forever are not just liberals. Bataya Unger Sagan. Because in Roseanne's case, a white lady said a racist thing about a black lady, which is unacceptable, even to conservatives and deserve firing. Whereas in this case, a white lady says something vulgar about another white lady, which is gross, but allowed. Next question. 
And Samantha, Samantha B was supported by the Washington Post. Samantha B called Ivanka Trump a vulgar word. Conservatives in the White House aren't happy. Once again, it's seized, pounced, it's political. They don't, they don't think it's that important because it's, you know, once again, they're the same team. The USA Today, Samantha B has a message for Ivanka Trump. New York Times Politics, Samantha B dedicated nearly seven minutes of full frontal with Sam Samantha B to, dis- to the issue of migrant children before using the crude term to describe Ivanka Trump. Most people responded with, why Trump won? Because remember, this is cover. They're covering for what Obama did because now it finally got linked, just like the Farrakhan pictures. Everything gets leaked years later because the media suppressed it under Obama, same team. Our last episode uh, was Kirsten Powers. I kept on saying Susan Powers, who, of course, is a piece of shit that worked for Obama. Sorry about that. But Kirsten Power, has anyone else noticed how fast the story about a major network star involved invoking an age-old dehumanizing tactic used to cast black people as subhuman or not even human, child of an ape, has been replaced by rage over a white girl being insulted by a comedian? See the hypocrisy? She said there's a grievance. Oh, that's not important. So she said it. Dictionary.com came out. The C word is defined as contemptuous term used to refer to a woman. And all is defined as term used to refer to a contemptible person. Samantha B is under fire for using the C word in reference to Ivanka Trump. They wanted to get into that sweet, sweet, freaking Twitter cred of bashing the Trumps. But all the people they bring on show who they are. Tom Arnold was brought on last time and we talked about it, how CNN brought him as a real good source to talk about this. Christy Swanson, praise God, so long overdue, so well deserved, he was so badly treated, thank you real Donald Trump, you're doing amazing things. He, Donald Trump, pardoned Dinesh D'Souza. This is how Tom Arnold, the guy that was brought on to talk about how horrible the right is and racist and all that shit. Christy Swanson, you're nice, but this is your final warning. Real Donald Trump is white, trash, and racist con man. By blindly supporting his overt racism, lies, and conspiracy, you become a racist liar, and time's up for Trump-loving racist liars. D'Souza was already in prison. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Guy talking to a woman. It's all good. On that case, New York Attorney General, first it was Sheriff Arpaio, then it was Scooter Libby, now it's Dinesh D'Souza, can't afford to wait to see who will be next. Lawmakers must act now and close New York double jeopardy loophole. They're actually calling, because of this case, that you can be tried, found guilty, pardoned by a president, and be retried. That's what they want to do. That is so in line with American justice. Right, liberals? I mean, it goes in line with all these federal judges blocking everything Trump did. And if you did that under Obama, it was unconstitutional. But now we, we want to rewrite law so that conservatives will stay in jail forever. But all liberals, you can't apply for liberals. R.B. Pundit had a great tweet on this, great tweet on this concept, con, 
conversation. Let's close our eyes and imagine Hillary Clinton as president of some conservative comedian called Chelsea, a feckless cunt. Tell us what the coverage would look like, Brian Seltzer. We all know there would be a difference in the media coverage. We all know there shouldn't be. And this, Brian Seltzer, is why people hate the media. It has nothing to do with Trump. Everyone knows you're corrupt. His reply, there'd be widespread criticism, and there should be at this time. How about we debate Trump policies without resorting to profanity? Do you see what he said? It's not about talking to a woman or Me Too or anything. It's about Trump. He still inferred Trump. People on the thread tweeted, I mean, it's not like Brian's own network is on Samantha B's side. Ivanka Trump is facing backlash for posting a photo of herself with her two-year-old. That's how they reported it initially. So you can't post photos. And then while he was out, because that was his excuse, he was told, said he was on a break, he wasn't on TV, couldn't debate this as the reliable sources, media watchdog guru for CNN. He did release a tweet with victimhood is the word of the day. And it was an article from CNN saying how Trump always plays like a victim when shit like this happens. It was the Kirsten Powers concept. It's not a real thing. Nobody should be outraged because somebody was called a cunt. We should just move on. It's because those conservatives are just always playing the victim. Hmm. So, here is our media montage of how they excused away Samantha Bee's vulgar conduct on TV towards President of the United States' daughter. And it's typical. Okay, Mason, what is the difference between what Samantha B did and what Roseanne Barr did? There's a huge difference between having a potty mouth and using racial slurs. And honestly, I find it offensive that these two things are being conflated. Not only is there a double standard, but the double standard is not between Roseanne, who has a history, a history of bigotry, racism. She uses the R word. Her hate doesn't discriminate. And Samantha B. using a curse that, honestly, we hear in comedy clubs every day. And I didn't know until I heard the backlash that it was off limit. Power. When you look at Ivanka Trump, she's one of the most powerful women in our country right now. She's not just the president's daughter. She's an advisor. She's representing us on the world stage. Samantha Bee runs a political comedy show. So taking aim at Ivanka Trump doesn't seem inappropriate to me. I personally don't use the B word or the C word in my comedy because I think it's misogynistic and violent. But at the same time, I won't say that it's not okay for other women to choose to use it. So I feel like people were looking to create a comparison, and that is why they jumped on the Samantha B thing. I don't think that it's actually necessarily that different from other things she's done on her show. She's always had that kind of bombastic style. This is the style her show has taken for a long time. President Trump, like he did with Charlottesville, seems to be taking sides against ABC and for Roseanne. That's the way it sounds to everybody. Well, we got a bigot in chief and we got a racist in residence. That's what it is. He, he has unleashed some of the most horrendous viewpoints, bigotries and racism in this country. He's legitimated them. He's validated them. He said, look, it's, it's okay. Come out the closet. 
Stand up and speak straightforwardly and tell the world what you believe and you will be defended by political bluster. This is the base cesspool bigotry of American society. This is the underbelly of our worst instincts amplified by a man who continues to tweet bigotry day in and day out. He has turned this nation into a psychic commode in which, into which he dumps all of his okay. nasty beliefs. But I think when we go back to He's the a race- narcissist and a racist. Well, <laughs> you said that, not me. I'm a, I'm a reporter. I think that the other thing here, though, is that President Trump has obviously had a problem with race, right? Like, I don't have to tick off all the things that he's done, but Charlottesville is just the start of it. When you talk to Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, people who have known him for decades, there's the Central Park Five and the fact that he's never apologized for saying that they should get the death penalty. Yeah. So he does not do this. He does not, Even though not the apologize DNA, about race. The DNA cleared they've, been a, they've obviously been exonerated with, with, yeah. with DNA. But this is what got him to the White House. What we don't want to confront, what we don't want to admit is that, as you said, 20 percent at least of American voters who voted for this man believe what he believes, think that black people have taken over. Brown people are, are in, in our midst. The racist lawyer saying you people speaking Spanish. So we got border problems. We got boundary yeah. problems. We got problems with people who are trans. And, and so all the others are ganging up on us. It's like a horror show to whiteness. Well, I, I don't understand the intellectual argument either way on this, that somehow black people are taking over America. They were here before 90% of us were here, of white guys. Well, Just to amen. be very tribal about it. Everybody <laughs> I mean, knows that, I mean, let's go to, let's I mean, go First to Nation people, Everybody indigenous knows people. American history, that most African Americans came here, they're descendants of slaves going back to what, the 1700s at least, and it but was Chris, all here before before most of you, us European Americans, if of you course, want to use that got here. You know what Gore Vidal said, we live in the United States of amnesia. People deliberately forget right. that. Look, the That's South right. lost the war, but they won the battle of memory. And so yeah. now they are really telling okay. America that, hey, things are bad, things are worse, black people are taking over, and we know that we've been doing okay. all the... How do we get called lazy and we did all the labor? That's the kind well, of okay, let me get back you're dealing with. But there's anyway. no logic to what Donald Trump has started. Remember, Donald Trump is not a logical man. He, he got elected he came out. He, he, you know what? It worked we got for lot, him. It worked for him because a lot of illogical people, a lot of racists came out in America. He said what a lot of people had to hide. Remember, it used to be you had to put the, 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 the hood on your head. Now he told the Klan, take the hood off, you can just run around with your sheet on. I mean, if we're going to be honest, Steve Schmidt, some of that had its um, uh, birth in the Sarah Palin crowds. I mean, you and I both saw it. And while uh, across the Midwest, John McCain was reprimanding his supporters when they called President Obama, then Senator Obama, Muslim, Sarah Palin reveled in what you just described. Post the economic crash, when it was clear we were going to lose, we had supporters in these crowds were frustrated. It made us cringe. Our candidate denounced it. But let's come forward now to 2018. We have a president of the United States. And first off, any of these people who are working in a political capacity in this White House, they are complicit with this. They are not hostages. They are not serving the better angels of our country. They are coarsening the country. The level of lying, the level of deceit, the level of attacks on our institutions, uh, the sundering of the country for political purposes, all of it. It is deliberate, it is purposeful, it is premeditated. They know exactly what they're doing. There's a political strategy to it. It is not providential. It is not accidental. And you either look at that and you recognize not only is it bad, it's borderline evil. But for a lot of black folk in this country, it seems as if in the generality, white people have lost their damn minds. And we have to raise our children in the midst of this.
There's something deeply insidious that, that's borderline evil here. And it's not just simply Donald Trump. It's about the moral monsters that are running around this country and claiming it as their own and making so many people vulnerable. Yesterday on TBS, Samantha Bee was going after Ivanka Trump. She called Ivanka Trump a feckless C-word. And I, to me, it just it was so jarring. It was so jarring. And to me, it's it's it's. To me, hate is hate, and I think she should be condemned for it, too. Will there be any backlash against her? Uh, look, she's a comedian. She said it on her so show. So is Roseanne. Right, but she, but she didn't say it. She didn't say in the con... I mean, she... Do you think it's better to say it on Twitter than on your show? Well, it's... Like, on your show, it seems Roseanne, worse. Roseanne was not in the forum where she was presenting it as a joke. In retrospect, she goes back and says, she actually, said, you know what, I was joking about it. But she says she was joking. I realize it doesn't sound like a joke, but she After says fact, she was though. joking. After the fact. But it, is it okay to call a woman a C-word if you say it's a joke? No, and I, don't, I actually don't think that we need to compare the two because, uh, again, Roseanne went out and said this not in the context of making a joke. She went out and said it in the context of being an outspoken person on Twitter. I, I, think, I, don't, I think you're splitting hairs. Well, I, be, beyond this, They're though, both wrong, period. This, I, I... And to Samantha B, who, as you rightly noted, used a word that so many women find incredibly offensive. Yep. What, uh, offensive. What she said wasn't just unacceptable. Welcome to the misogyny club. I mean, she is she is joined by Keith Olbermann, one of the world's most prolific misogynists. I speak from personal experience. Um, that is a terrible club to be in. And Samantha Bee just walked right into it for no reason other than pure, unadulterated hatred of the president and his family. And after all this, when Brian Seltzer comes back, Here's what he did. Brian Seltzer, we're discussing Joanne Reed's apology on CNN TV now. Join the conversation. Because they brought her on, CNN did, to protect her because multiple articles. Month later, MSC still mum on Joy Reed's hacking claims. They've been approached since April 28th. We've heard nothing. Even though DCNF, an organization investigating it, found there was no hacking. Sean Davis, in a 2009 blog post, Joy Reid endorsed a plan for Iran's Mohammed Ahmadinejadine. I hate his name, I can never say it. To forcibly relocate Jews to Israel. Caleb Hull, Joy Reid promoted a conspiracy theory article in 2017 from an anime Nazi news website whose staff openly supported Hitler. They accepted her endorsement. Then there was this one that surfaced. When you think about the what At Lawrence is saying, remember Jared Kushner is close to New York Post publisher Rupert Mur- Murdoch, and when you click on it, it's anti-Jewish article. She tweeted that. Other article comes up. Joy Reid. It was a hell of an idea to send Laura Ingram and Ann Coulter to Iraq, put them in a public square, and leave them there. Newly revealed blog posts from MSDNC's Joy Reid show that she once promoted a disgusting attack on Ingram and Coulter. In a vicious post going after Ann Coulter titled, Dear Miss, Mr. Coulter, she ended the post by saying, and finally there's one hell of an idea. The one hell of an idea line is hyperlinked to another post from blog Brilliant at Breakfast titled, Can we send Laura Ingram and Ann Coulter to Iraq, put them in a public square, and leave them there? It's not clear what exactly this blogger meant. It may have been a joke about the two women getting abused by Muslim men, a remark that could be seen as Islamophobic. could also have 
been a joke about the two women living in society that would oppress them. Whatever the implication is, certainly wasn't good for the two women mentioned in the post title. Apart from that joke, read Savage Coulter in other ways. She said Coulter has little brown shirt heart. Mr. Coulter, she also said about Coulter, no one actually loves you, particularly no one loves you enough to actually breed with you, provided they could figure out where you would, in fact, be supplying the sperm or egg. Reed also said, no sane man or woman touch you without a full course of penicillin and hermetic body glove. This is what she said. All this on top of praising a blogger that told Coulter to commit suicide, the D.C. reporter Thursday that Reed made inflammatory blog posts about Israel in support of Jewish state in the media. Reed wrote that IAPAC was a powerful lobbying group that holds a whip hand over Republicans and Democrats, members of Congress alike. She also accused Jewish journalist Wolf Blitzer of wearing an AIPAC flak jacket. Then the Daily Beast. The hits keep coming. Joy Reid, this time for the Daily Beast, reports that insiders at MSDNC have lost confidence in the problematic host. Save one. Care to guess? Yeah, here's the Jeff B. tweeted it. Brutal piece on Joy Reid has lost confidence nearly everyone inside MSDNC after the most recent revelations of her anti-Semitic conspiratorial past, saving seemingly one person who perhaps is keeping her afloat. If you guess Rachel Maddow, you're right. Brains, guts, heart, and soul, beloved by Joy Reid, has always been a treasure and brilliant colleague, but I've now never been prouder to work with her than I am now. This was the word of God that Joy Reid was safe. So this not only implicates Joy Reid, it implicates Rachel Maddow, who you know holds all these views. All of them. She can wear a nice suit, act like a guy, but she's anti-Semitic, hates conservatives, say horrible shit. Probably does all the time. Jeff B. I mean, it really is hilarious how much slack Reed is being given here. Virtually anti-gay, check. Anti-Semitic, check. Anti-immigrant, check. Pro-nutso conspiracy theories, check. And yet she continues to hold down a television show on the Progressive Cable News channel. Yashar Ali then tweets that Sean Hannity supports him. Or her, excuse me. Sparter. Maybe it's because conservatives believe in free speech. Hmm. But by the end of the week, finally, Robbie Starbuck. I'm sure TBS Network promptly canceled Samantha B's show after a vulgar remark of Ivanka Trump because those are the rules now, right? The real Roseanne? Or is there some view Samantha holds that make her different? Just wondering. TBS Network. On May 31st, the forefrontal Samantha B will be recognized for advancing social change by Television Academy. So what clinched the award? Her foul language directed to the right people, her use of insults due to her inability to form rational arguments, her inability to form, form coherent thoughts when not surrounded by sycophants. Another tweeter, say something awful from off on the far right, get fired by Hollywood, say something awful from the far left, get an award! Others. So this means we can all say feckless cunt? And that goes into her award speech. Since we can blame America for it, if she doesn't like us saying that, we'll all say feckless cunt. This is what she said at the awards. Every week I strive to show the world 
As I see it, unfiltered, B told the audience at New House in Hollywood with no media allowed to be there. This linked out. Sometimes I should probably have a filter. I accept that I take it seriously when I get it right, and I do take responsibility when I get it wrong. She explained the context for a slur, the treatment of immigrant children by President Trump and previous administrations, and lamented that we spent the day wrestling with the repercussions of one bad word when we all should have spent the day incest that a nation we are wretching children from parents and treating people legally seeking asylum as criminals. So basically the sum of her excuse, it's Trump's fault. Stephen Miller sums it up. B uses her award speech to blame we as a nation for her bad writing. The absolute hubris on display here is breathtaking. But, of all people, Brooke Baldwin and a few stepped forward and got it right. All right, before we move on, i got to get this out. Words matter. What Roseanne Barr said is racist, anti-Semitic, outrageous, and unacceptable. What President Trump has said is racist, outrageous, and unacceptable. And anyone who says these things deserves to be called out, chastised, held accountable. And the same rules apply no matter which political side you call home. Conservatives have been pointing to a double standard on how liberal stars who say these offensive things are treated versus their conservative counterparts. And in many cases, rightfully so. Take Keith Olbermann. Donald Trump is a loser. Trump is indeed effing crazy. I'm setting aside policy for a moment because as mindless and as evil as the baboon's policy is, it can and will be rolled back sooner or later. And his policies all hang together if you just keep asking yourself, what would have happened here in this country if the Germans had won World War II? I'm talking about the man himself now. His brain does not work correctly. There is a myriad of possible explanations, and we have hit them all here. Congenital disease, drug use, any of a dozen post-concussion traumas, Alzheimer's, senility, lack of common sense, lack of awareness of things in the world besides himself, and endless specific emotional or psychological or intellectual incapacities or all of these things at the same time. You said recently uh, via tweet that Trump and his family have done more damage to America than bin Laden and ISIS combined. Yes. In addition to telling the president to go to hell, he has also spewed the following to describe Trump and his family, uh, a cowardly F-word, a mother effer, a Nazi, a stupid traitor, uh, a rat-faced git, that's an unpleasant and contemptible person, uh, and often tells the president to go F himself. By the way, these are all recent comments. But despite all of this, he just got another plum job. A job, ironically, at the same company that just booted Roseanne for violating its values. And just last night, on a network owned by our parent company, liberal TV star Samantha Bee said this to millions of viewers. Ivanka Trump, who works at the White House, chose to post the second most oblivious tweet we've seen this week. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c**t. He listens to you. Put on something tight and low-cut and tell your father to f***ing stop it. Okay, a couple of things. 
One, uh, imagine for a second how liberals would have reacted if Roseanne or a conservative TV star had used that language describing Valerie Jarrett. Whether you agree with the president's policies or not, calling a senior advisor inside the United States government or anyone for that matter, the C word is like I said at the top, it's outrageous, it is unacceptable and should be called out. She could have easily made her point without using those words, a point that, by the way, is totally lost because she used that language. Doing this, she is no better than the very behavior she criticizes. In fact, she becomes part of the problem. And now, like most entertainers who go political and get into hot water, she'll say, whoa, 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 I'm, I'm just a comedian. But the problem is it doesn't work here. She's Samantha B. She's in this position of leadership, not to mention a role model to millions of young girls and to women. And to use that word from a woman to another woman, offensive is offensive, wrong is wrong, whether you are on the left or the right. And what Samantha B. did is not only beneath her, it is beneath where we should be as a society. Uh, way over the line, comedian Samantha B. going after Ivanka Trump using an extremely vulgar term. Listen to this. Let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless <laughs> He listens to you. That's a C word. Uh, incredibly offensive. Let me bring in CNN Money senior media reporter Oliver Darcy. So set the stage for us here. It's never okay to say something like that about someone. What was she even talking about? What was the context here? Yeah, it was a really disgusting remark. Uh, she made this in the context of trying to uh, go after Ivanka Trump for her father's immigration policies. And there's been a lot of discussion in the national discourse uh, over the past few weeks about children being separated from their parents mm -hmm. at the border. And so she was uh, making a comment about a photo that Ivanka Trump had posted on Instagram, I believe, where she was holding her child and saying, why don't you do anything um, about the immigration policies that your father has implemented that are tearing up families at the border? Mm -hmm. uh, that said, obviously, his comments is extremely crass and mm -hmm. critics are, are rightfully upset and saying right. that uh, this is not something that should be used while discussing politics in the, in the national discourse. Right. Uh, what's TBS saying, her employer? Uh, I reached out to TBS. TBS hasn't said anything so far. Um, we're still waiting for comment from them. I asked if she'll be disciplined in any way or if there's going to be any statement. So we're still waiting to see uh, what happens and how they react. But I mean, this does come in the same week as, yeah. as Roseanne being sure. fired for making a racist remark. So critics are saying, you know, if you're going to condemn that, why aren't you con condemning this? Yeah, that was nice to hear. Especially from Brooke Baldwin, because she's an uber lib, hates Trump, but she did the right thing. Got to give props for that. But there was other positives. Advertisers began leaving Trump, uh, Samantha B's show after attack on Ivanka Trump. Auto Trader wrote, thank you to those who reached out regarding a sponsorship of Full Frontal. The comments expressed by Samantha B were offensive, unacceptable, and do not reflect the view of our company. As a result, we have suspended our sponsorship of Full Frontal. We've asked TBS to suspend our advertising and program and are reviewing any further placement. State Farms pulled it. In a statement first uh, obtained by the RAP, constant review programs to ensure alignment to our program guidelines and brand values, and we yanked it. After that, 
Samantha B apologizes. I'd like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and excusable. I crossed the line and I deeply regret it. Oliver Darcy, TBS statement. Samantha B has taken the right action, apologizing for the violent, appropriate language she used about Ivanka Trump last night. Those words should not have been aired. It was our mistake too and we regret it. There's a punchline coming, because I'm going to play you a montage what this monster says. Dana Loesch, we'll never call for a network to cancel someone or restrict free speech. That's what progressives do. I love free expression more than I loathe Samantha B. Our progressive, progressivism's double standard. That said, I do think she's a total coward. And when I offered her a fair debate on TUA back when I was still the blaze and she visited one day, she couldn't make enough excuses fast enough. She's only brave in the studio with cameras. No, it's as Chris Hayes says, Samantha B. just far too authentically represents an actual worldview of a significant chunk of progressives. Another thought. The fastest way to restrict speech, speech through the filter of political correctness and SJW-isms is to be baited into com- compromising your principles on free speech just to get someone whom you dislike. Soon, everything will be canceled. True. That's a true statement. I'll agree with her. Even though I don't think it's fair that she was, and I think what she said was way worse than what Roseanne Barr says, but just how I look at it. By the end of the week, all Pundit sums it up. TBS scrubs Samantha Bee's entire Feckless Cup episode. You can't find it anywhere. It just goes away. Just goes away. It's okay. And remember, the key things. Conservatives fired, and conservatives are held to Roseanne Barr. You heard all the conversations when we covered it about how Roseanne Barr was a representation of Trump, Trump voters, everybody's racist. We're, we own every gun shooting. If David Duke says something racist, if you're white and not a, a, a freaking metrosexual fucking nanny boy who walks around with feminist shirt on, you own that comment. So I want you all to remember, on July 11, 2017, Hillary Clinton supports Samantha B in Planned Parenthood and buy a Nasty Woman t-shirt. That's what you need to do. She supported her. And she was silent on this whole episode. Mitt Romney was asked questions forever after his election. The only election... The only questions Hillary's asked is, how did you lose, and what did Trump do, and do you think Russia, and yada, yada, and key things I omitted in the last podcast. She wants to be in charge of Facebook so she can control the information. That's what she said. So as we fall out of this one, we're going to listen to a nice, long, lengthy, probably 20 fucking minutes of ugly shit Samantha Bee has said on her show. And I'm, once again, hammering this point home, because this is the hypocrisy. This is what we're, this is what our country's built on. And then we're going to go into Greg Gutfeld talking about the photos. Cause the photos are kind of why the media is skirting around this. Samantha Bee's used it. So I'm going to retouch it because I want to make sure everybody understands there are three stories going on. The media has misrepresented all of it. And most of this brouhaha is no different than the Russian collusion story. We're covering for what Obama did. Welcome back to the show. Do you know what 
today is? No, not just National Yoga Day and the summer solstice. Oh, I hate when those fall on the same day. I'm going to have to make my human sacrifice while doing a downward dog. Being a feminist is hard. It's also the last day of the New York Senate session. And before they head off for a summer, they'll never forget. We were hoping they'd take care of a little piece of business called the Child Victims Act. Here's State Senator Brad Hoyleman to explain. The Child Victims Act would lift the statute of limitations in crimes of child sexual abuse to age 28 in criminal cases, 50 in civil cases, and provide a one-year revival window for current cases. In New York, you have to file a claim by age 23 years if you've been abused as a child. It's the most restrictive statute of limitations in the country. New York, best place to make it as a dancer, worst place to get molested. Now look, I don't want you to think the New York Senate is anti-child. This session, they passed bills allowing minors to race snowmobiles, get their own hunting licenses, and not be employed gathering or picking rags, cigar stumps, or collecting bones. Oh, how the newsies rejoiced. Poor blimey. Thank you, Governor. Drop it, Brittany. That's against the law now. So why have they been blocking this bill for 11 years? Churches, yeshivas, the Boy Scouts of America are trying to quash the ability for survivors of child sex abuse to file claims. The Catholic Conference, headed by Timothy Cardinal Dolan, spent more than $2.1 million from 2007 through the end of 2015 to lobby against the Child Victims Act. Way to fight the stereotype, guys. Does your flock know where the bake sale money is going? You know what? Everyday Catholics want to make things right, not have their church forever be known as Our Lady of the Perpetual Bad Touch. So why? Churches and youth groups like the Boy Scouts presumably oppose this legislation because they think it's going to bankrupt them. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if you're an institution that has hurt so many children that paying out civil settlements would make you go bankrupt, maybe you should. Anyway, anyway, it's fine. It won't. You're sitting on more treasure than Smaug the Dragon, so pay up. Now, look, you may be thinking voting against child abuse victims sounds like an unpopular position to take publicly. Luckily, the senators don't have to because Majority Leader John Flanagan from Long Island never lets the Child Victims Act come to the floor for a vote. What gives, John? Is it blackmail? Does the church have compromising frescoes of you? But while most of the bill's opponents lay low, hoping nobody notices them, there is one who is out, loud and proud, head of the Catholic League and first-time smiler, Bill Donahue. <laughs> he called the Child Victims Act a vindictive bill pushed by lawyers and activists out to rape the Catholic Church. Wait, does he just think victims are overreacting because he believes the term to rape means to inconvenience? When survivors saw their hopes dashed at last year's legislative session, this humble servant of God made an official statement on the Catholic League website illustrated with this loser clip art, echoing the New Testament's taunting of the victims on the mount. And Jesus said unto them, shit out of luck are the meek, for they can sit and spin, losers. Donahue also called the bill's sponsor, Margaret Markey, the principal enemy of the church. I guess that means he downgraded the devil to second place. Let us 
Read further from the Gospel of Donahue, for it is so special. Muslim barbarians. What should we do about them? Shoot them if we have to. I'm no fan of uh, barbarians. You're a typical Ivy League little brat who thinks it's okay to dump on Catholics, but you don't like my gook joke. Now, what's wrong with a gook joke? It's not a so pedophilia. Most of the victims are postpubescent. That's not pedophilia, buddy. That's homosexuality. How is only one of these two provocateurs shunned by polite society? Seriously, is it the clothes? Is that better? Will you please stop inviting Bill on television now? Will our senators at least stop siding with him against these people? It took 45 years for me to be able to confront my abuser. I didn't know who to trust, who to, who to turn to, you know, out of fear. It's like a nightmare. It's just a secreto entre tú y entre yo y Dios. It is not un secreto anymore. We just put it on TV. Hi, New York Senate. We see you. Well, what do you say, Leader Flanagan and Governor Cuomo? You've still got a whole hour. Republican Senate Leader John Flanagan says his chamber will not be voting on the Child Victims Act. He did not explain why. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe he'd like to explain why on the phone. You know, these people have schlepped up to Albany enough. If they have to go back to the Capitol next year, so help me. New Yorkers can make sure you guys don't. We'll be right back. You know, in the shadow of Trumpism, it's more important than ever to distinguish between honorable people we disagree with and actual bad people. So I want to be clear. Paul Ryan is a bad person. He has always been a bad person. Well, now he's referred to as principled or moral or moderate. He's none of those things. When Paul Ryan was first elected as Janesville's representative 20 years ago, he was on the far fringe right of conservatism. Take, for example, his stance on abortion. Paul Ryan has said for years that he does not believe in abortion in case of rape or incest. He co-sponsored legislation about forcible rape, redefining rape with Todd Akin. Oh, you remember Todd Akin, the guy who coined the phrase legitimate rape and said women's bodies had a way to eject forced pregnancies like a fresh tampon after a hard sneeze. <laughs> Paul Ryan co-signed that. He's not a statesman, he's a wingnut. Paul Ryan isn't just leaving because he wants to spend time with his children, he's leaving because he made a big mess and doesn't want to deal with the fallout. I guess it's like that famous Ayn Rand quote, run, run you f***ing coward. And I guarantee you that he's going to write a book about principles and shit, do some commentary about how he totally doesn't think Trump should have nuked Los Angeles, be photographed in some shitty leisure wear, only to emerge as a presidential or senatorial candidate who runs on a platform about how he tried to stop Trump, then took the moral high road by stepping down. In our geriatric political landscape, 48 is Lolita Young. <laughs> Too bad I work in show business, where if you're a woman at 48, they just build a coffin for you. He's counting on us forgetting how f***ing horrible he is, but we will not forget. Paul Ryan, your legacy is making poor people pay for rich people's massive tax cuts, fighting to take health care away from millions, trying to gut social programs, defending the Muslim ban, enabling a constitutional crisis, and somehow convincing everyone that torching democratic norms and the social safety net is moderate. 
and becoming a meme. So goodbye for now, Paul Ryan. The next time we see you, I hope it's on Dancing with the Stars. ICE, of course, refers to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the agency whose job application is just a single question asking if the real hero of Schindler's List was the girl shouting, Goodbye, Jews! If that criticism of ICE makes you sad, here's a proposal. Let's shut it the f*** down. I'm serious. It's awful. And we don't actually need it. You know... As a liberal, I don't usually advocate for smaller government, but in this case, as I say to my barista every morning, there should be one less ice. Far from being an essential part of our republic, ice has only existed since 2003. For three and a half years, Davina Watson was held in an immigration detention center. He lived with the constant fear of being deported, even though Davino is a U.S. citizen. Oh, yeah, three years is rough, but have you ever been a powerful government employee that someone was mean to once? Before ICE, the U.S. didn't have an agency dedicated to deporting people who pose no threat to us. Until the current wave of wall humpers came to power, a lot of conservatives were totally cool with that. And ICE isn't just new, it's in entirely the wrong part of the government. ICE was created shortly after 9-11 when Islamophobia was as rampant as tube tops and respect for Rudy Giuliani. Oh, shit. Two of those things are back. Abolishing ICE shouldn't be controversial. Despite what Fox News would have you believe, it doesn't mean we let immigrants who commit actual crimes go free. We already have mechanisms to prosecute them through something called the law. The criminal justice system can handle immigrants just like it handles everybody else. So don't worry, Republicans. Even if we score a win for human decency by getting rid of ICE, you can still count on the police and the prison system to treat non-white people like subhuman garbage, so everybody went. Last week, after Iowans wished 12 candidates into the cornfield, one was left standing in triumph. Tonight, the state of Iowa has spoken. To God be the glory. <laughs> oh, hi. I'll finish this later. Okay, so Iowans chose fist-faced horseshit salesman Ted Cruz as their new prize heifer. Now, normally, the winner gets an Iowa bump, and no, that does not mean doing a hit of cocaine in the Pizza Ranch toilets. When you hear these kinds of things said about your husband, that he's just not likable, that he's insufferable, I mean, you've heard them all. Is it a punch in the gut or in the heart? Dana, my husband has stage four cancer of the personality. Now look, I dislike Ted Cruz as much as the next everyone. But that's no reason to be rude to Ted's loving wife and possible hostage. This could have happened anywhere in the world. Unfortunately, today was Orlando's turn. Orlando's turn? Mass shootings are so normalized now that we're taking turns? Australia had five mass shootings between 1987 and 1996. Then the public decided that was no fun. Parliament passed strict gun laws, and they haven't had a mass shooting since then. Let me repeat that. Australia hasn't had a single mass shooting since the Fresh Prince left Bel Air and was never heard from again. Of course, you know, Australia... Australia doesn't have a Second Amendment. Love you, Madison. Congratulations on your Tony, but you really f***ed us with that one. We can't 
constitutionally get rid of all guns. But can't we get semi-automatic assault rifles out of the hands of civilians? Sam B wants to take your guns away. Yes. The ones that mow down a room full of people in seconds? Yes, I do want to take those guns away. I think the biggest thing is pray. Pray for the victims. Pray for their families. Um, pray that uh, this never happens again. You heard the man. The biggest, most helpful thing you can do to ensure this never happens again is sit quietly in a room with your eyes closed talking to nobody. So until we as a nation find the political will to reject a mass shooting per day as the price of freedom, I'm just going to pray. Are you there, God? It's me, Sam. Please bless the victims and their friends and families in their time of unspeakable pain. Give us the courage to say no more. And while you're at it, please send the NRA a plague of boils. I used to think I knew what conservatism meant. It was something to do with a drawling patrician calling Gore Vidal a queer. But these days, I have no clue what conservative means, so I sent Mike Rubens to CPAC to find out. I, I love this place. Donald Trump addressing adoring fans at CPAC. His voice like a creepy great uncle licking your ear. Love you people. Ugh. Thank you. This venerable conference has long celebrated traditional small government conservatism. Just last year, CPAC was dominated by Ted Cruz supporters. CPAC! And chirpy little shits with bow ties. But Donald Trump, worried about a poor reception, canceled his appearance. He was considered more of a uh, joke. Like back then, this was Ted Cruz country. This year, the bow ties were gone, replaced by Nazi hair. Nazi hair. Nazi hair. F*** off. Today is November 8th, which means Donald Trump was elected president exactly 100 years ago. I'm kidding. It's only been a year. Oh my, where'd this come from? <laughs> president Bonespur has had more endurance than predicted, especially if you were predicting his endurance by looking at literally any photo of him being physical ever. But there is hope on the horizon. A hero who stood up to democracy's nemesis before. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's... I'm Eric Schneiderman, and I'm the Attorney General of the State of New York, the lawyer for the State of New York and for the people of the State of New York. Happy one-year anniversary. Well, thank you. You must be so happy that Trump won because he's giving you so much material. What a great time to be an attorney. Yeah, it's like a toxic volcano that just keeps belching out bad public policies. But we have a very strong legal resistance. Are you going to lead us out of the darkness? The state attorneys general are going to be the first line of defense because the Constitution kept a lot of power at the state level uh, to hold a potential tyrant in check. We have that power now, and with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, my God. He's... Schneiderman, Schneiderman, does whatever a Schneider can. Only he can save us all. No. Uh, There's it, not going to be one hero. It's not going to be a quick fix for this. But I got colleagues uh, all around the country, a network of progressive attorneys general who are really in the core of the legal resistance. You are fighting the good fight. Many fights. So we had a meeting in January before Trump took office. We had to anticipate what was coming. So you assembled your anti-Trump squad of attorney generals. Uh, attorneys general. Like Carl's Jr. Uh, almost. 
And Eric's Justice League has challenged Trump over the first travel ban, pesticides, student loans, the second travel ban, smog, methane, Obamacare subsidies, DACA, the third travel ban, trans rights, clean power plan, and birth control access. Whew. We beat him on travel ban one, we beat him on travel ban two, we beat him on environmental regulations, and the transgender military ban, and we will continue to fight. Uh-huh. You are a superhero. No. Why don't we see what happens if you go into that telephone booth over there? Um, I think I'll probably stay the way I am. Whatever. <clears throat> hey, yeah, no. No, you won't do it. Yeah, I don't know why. No, he's just sitting here. Yeah, I'll see you later. Did you get bananas? But Trump wasn't always Schneiderman's Lex Luthor. In the beginning, the two of them were friends. When I ran for attorney general uh, in 2010, he had me come down to Trump Tower and give me a campaign contribution, told me you and I are going to be best friends. How could you have known not to take that donation? That was back when he was just an innocent beauty pageant owner and calling for the execution of the Central Park Five. Uh, he was uh, purportedly a legitimate businessman. Uh, How did that pan out? Things took a turn for the South when I sued him a few years later for Trump University. And the Schneider man's lawsuit drove Trump to scorch the earth with tweets. Trump is threatened to eat you alive. He has called you a hack, a lightweight, incompetent, a joke, a total crook, a dopey guy, and he has said that you wear eyeliner. Which one of those are true? I don't think any of them are true. You have beautiful brown eyes. No, no eyeliner. No, no, no. All, all, all natural. Okay. I'll put you down for maybe he's born with it. And surviving Toilet Hulk prepared the Schneider Man of Steel for the coming Ragnarok. Did you know how bad it was going to get? The day after the election, people were really traumatized. I called a meeting and said, look, we are going to be the first line of defense. we got to have our heads clear. Act, don't react. I also had a staff meeting the day after the election, and it went a little bit like this. <laughs> oh you forsaken us! <laughs> I can't do this anymore! Okay. Okay, let's talk about what's happening right now. Robert Mueller. <laughs> Are you working with him? Don't comment on ongoing or potential investigations. If you are working with Mueller, say that you can't comment on an ongoing investigation. <sighs> Does it really matter anyway? Because Trump can pardon anyone he wants from federal charges. Oh, but he can't pardon anyone he wants from state charges. Schneiderman, you deadly viper. Deadly viper? You're going to be a viper in his bosom. Uh, we're just trying to follow the law, ma'am. And this white mamba might be the one to save us. We're going to save ourselves together. You're going to save us. We're going to do it. But that requires a lot of people other than state attorneys general getting engaged. Please be my hero. Look, at the end of the day, you don't beat a president who's doing the wrong thing in court. You have to beat people at the polls. People, people, people. But you're still a hero. Slower. Fine. You're just a lawyer. Well, thanks for coming anyway. Thank you. <gasps> I knew it. Who saw that? Evil Trump strikes again, shocking images of immigrant children sleeping in cages on the floor. And of course, a former L.A. mayor and Obama flack, key journalists all blame heartless Trump. But not so fast, everyone. Turns out 
These pictures were four years old when their hero, Obama, was in charge. And with that, the loud condemnations go silent. Who cares now, since their idol was boss at the time? But there's more. This photo of an all-baby-seat immigration detention bus was also shared and blamed on Trump. One anchor called it a prison bus just for babies. But the photo was also from Obama's era, and it's a bus for field trips. <laughs> and did you hear the widely shared claim about 1,500 immigrant kids that were separated from mom and dad, again, by evil Trump? Lie. These children actually arrived alone, minus their parents, and then were placed among sponsors. The government had lost track of them, which says something about the system, the system that Trump actually wants to fix. And so as Trump cements his agenda through significant legislation, these folks have the vapors over imaginary discrimination. But if you can't blame him for that, what's next? Ebola? Malaria? Your lousy love life? And they accuse Trump of spreading baloney. The media can't even check the date on a photo. And that's their job, to check facts. It's all the usual suspects, identity activists, the paranoids in pajamas. You know, the New York Times. Fake news is now no longer a catchphrase. It's a brand. I have an idea. Uh, Dana, where is yep. it? Shoot, I In lost it. Somewhere. Oh, <laughs> Beautiful mind notes. So many Oh, orders. here it is. Yeah. Trump should go on national TV and lay out point by point his DACA plan to embarrass the Democrats with the fact that he is actually offering a plan to citizenship that they don't. But don't do it on tweets. Go out there and do it. That's a good idea. I, I absolutely think that he could do a lot more policy-oriented speeches, and that would drive news for, like, 48 hours. Just like yeah. do that and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, drive on that news. Um, he could do an Oval Office address. That yeah. would be one way to do it. Is that really focuses the mind. That means that it would be a primetime address. If this is the number one issue, certainly for Republicans, but if it's an economic issue for care about also in June, you have – all the Democrats in the House and a lot of House Republicans signing this discharge petition to actually force votes on the DACA issue. Mm -hmm. So the president, I think, would be right to get out in front of it. That's a that's a great idea, Greg. Thank you. That's but in the meantime, a... the other thing he should do is to say, I'm not going to wait for Congress mm -hmm. to fix this issue. If, if whatever he can do to fix the system as it currently stands within the federal government about keeping track of these children, he could lay that out, too. Yeah. You know, Jesse, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend because you, unlike me, have a life. Uh, CNN did a piece on whether it was right for Ivanka Trump to tweet a photo of her and her son. Did you see that? Yeah. She had a picture of her and her son because they thought it was like, while this missing child narrative is going on, how bad is it that she's showing a picture of her kid? What is up with CNN? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think they know what's up with themselves. But I didn't really look at the BlackBerry a lot or iPhone this weekend. I tried to unplug I didn't. And then every time I did dial in and check it out, the media was screwing up every single time, whether it was Ivanka or this. And I was listening to Limbaugh, which was a lot of fun, Marie, on the drive back from the shore. <laughs> I wasn't. And he was talking about this story, about the photos, and he had a great line. He said, the Democrats keep getting hit square between the eyes and they don't even realize it. And think about it. You have this. You have the Russia investigation, you have the kneeling, you have the opposing the tax cuts. Everything keeps backfiring on the Democrats. But the sad thing is, is that this photo goes out thousands, tens of thousands of times, and then the retraction and the deletion doesn't get seen. So the damage is already yeah. done. But the reason they do this, the reason they have the policy to separate children and families is to discourage human trafficking, to discourage families from taking kids across a treacherous, hot, dangerous southern border trip. 
And they want to discourage dangerous and illegal immigration. So if they want to change the policy, let's get a deal on DACA. Let's get they a deal also, on merit-based. And they can hammer it out. But if you're just going to take a pot shot, you're going to embarrass yourself. They also try to separate them so because the adults go to a, a, a place that you wouldn't want to have children, children. in. So right. they try so to find a different place Some would for say them. it's a, a more humane policy to do that. That's the argument. But a lot of these kids that show up with no parents, right. then you have to decide what to do with them. Right. And that's where you place them with sponsors like you would foster care. Right. Marie, do you think that one of the larger problems here that's been going on for two years is there is so much emotional baggage about Trump from the Democrats that they, they can't. So, would, so their confirmation bias forces them to just see everything like it's got to be his fault. It's got to be his fault. And they haven't yet been able to shake that. Well, I think you could say the same about conservatives and Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, right? Maybe. We're all on opposing sides. And They're both evil, you know. Right. I've heard that a few times on this show. Not on Fox. Um, never from you, Jesse, because I don't listen to Limbaugh, sorry. Um, You're lost. Here's the, here's the thing, though. On the immigration issue itself, it is incredibly emotional mm -hmm. because these are real people's lives. And as Jesse just mentioned, there are very dangerous conditions when you have unaccompanied minors showing up at the border. This is a heartbreaking situation. So I think that... Part of the challenge is both sides have gone to such extremes now that the space for a deal on DACA or on any of this is increasingly shrinking, especially in a midterm year. If President Trump went out and gave an address that was somewhere down the middle that had a DACA fix but got some border security and tried to bring both sides together, I, depending on what it said, would probably think that's a good idea. The challenge is the Republican Congress isn't on the same page, particularly in the House, mm -hmm. particularly in a midterm year. So now we're in a situation where the Trump administration has separated 800 children from their parents since October for often good reasons, sometimes not. And what do we do now? Where are these 1,500 children? This is heartbreaking. And no one in this political climate, it seems like, is trying to actually it's hard fix to find it. A lot particularly of in this administration. You should be a sponsor. I volunteer you. Mm-hmm. We I want Jesse share. to sponsor me. Yeah. Kimberly, last word. What yeah. do you I want Jesse to sponsor me. They, when when people are exposed as wrong, they never admit it. They just remove their tweets and run away. And that drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, you can't stand it. You're keeping track. Yes, <laughs> it's quite extensive <laughs> indeed. But, yeah, but it's true. You see the mainstream media making these mistakes, and they chase after the accounts, and they're putting up false stories. And I mean, how glaring is this? It's photographs from 2014. We talk about just really backfiring. Um, everyone should care, whatever your politics administration in, um, about children. But when you look at the actual facts of the laws here, that President Trump, his administration is following the laws on the books in terms of what you do when people enter the country illegally with children. The goal and aim behind it is to be protective of children so it doesn't foster this whole uh, legal atmosphere of human trafficking, etc. And flat out, follow the law. Don't enter the country illegally. Put yourself and your children at jeopardy. That's not love. That's foolish, illegal desperation in terms of not honoring and following the laws. Other people are following and trying to get into this country legally. It's a nation of immigrants. We embrace and, and encourage people to apply for legal citizenship. But we have the capacity to house about 3,000 you know, families. So how is this going from, what, a bad situation to a worse situation? It's certainly not um, acting in the best interest or welfare of your children to do so. And we shall leave it there. I never thought I'd say that. All right. I know that was pretty damn long, but it, it was worth it. And I, I got to go heavy on the B 
because I don't think a lot of you know what she says. So, Gutfeld leads us off. Uh, remember the fake news is a big thing with liberals. I just want you to know that Sean King's original tweet about these photos has got 121K retweets that are current, and he's never taken it down. He's not the only one. They've left it up, even though they know it's from 2014. But AG Conservative kind of helps us out on this. There are three separate immigration stories that are seemingly being conflated by the media. One, ACLU reports on migrant children being abused. Two, feds lost track of 1,500 minor immigrants. And three, separations of family at the border. Number one, the story is based on an ACLU report that covers 2009 to 2014. Not Trump. They're not telling you that. Number two is number two story, which is the feds lost track. This is being covered as a scandal, but I do not believe it is one. Essentially, thousands of unaccompanied minors were processed and then released to family members or others in the U.S. When HHS tried to check on them later, 1,500 to 8,000 didn't respond on the survey. There are quite a few reasons why the adults taking care of them might ignore the follow-up. It doesn't mean they are lost or somehow bad happened. The only alternative to keep track of them would be for us to keep them detained, which pro-immigrant advocacy groups oppose. Now, on top of that, and what he doesn't say, because he's more professional than me, when liberals are making sanctuary cities, what the fuck do you expect? Once they're out of DHS custody, they're gone. That's why we have... What, 11 million fucking illegal people in this country? That's what you want, liberals. So this is another straw man. Number three, many families crossing the border, include those seeking asylum, are now being separated as a deterrent. The reason for this is that Trump and men has created a policy referring every illegal border crossing for federal prosecution, even asylum seekers. It is true that Obama and men never separated, separated families? No. Obama and men did this too in some cases, but it happened way more often with the new policy. The Obama and men had several camps which they would detain families together while their cases were being processed. This is, this was an effective deterrent. Evidence suggests that it has deterred some people, but that doesn't make it a good policy. There's a tough balance between deterrence and being inhumane, especially when kids are involved. Seek, asylum seekers should be kept together, in my opinion, to conclude. There are three different stories. The media is making it one, and they're pinning it on Trump. The New York Times did number two. Uh, good correction to social media stereo over the weekend. The 1,500 missing immigrant kids. There are 1,475 minors whose caregivers didn't respond to a survey. They're not lost. And they were ripped, they weren't ripped from the parents at the border. New NBC, how you think they covered it? In an effort to crack down illegal immigration by minors, Trump administration will soon require fingerprint prints from parents coming to claim the migrant children from the U.S., HHS, according to a senior administrative official. Oh, they're fucking horrible. Well, if they go to the window, uh, sanctuary cities, what the fuck do you expect? I was going to read a long thing, but Seung Kin, Kin Kim, her defense, which Politico gave it to her, she got to push six different stories, all pro-Obama's policies, not covering the f- pictures, not covering everything, and allowed a Obama hack to pin it on Trump. That That's what the Politico did, which, once again, everybody thinks Politico, if you're just a, a, a layman, you think it's a non-biased... No, they were on MSDNC when they started. I remember. I used to watch Morning Joe when it was 
not the shit show it is now. Fuck Twitter. What annoys people is when the media wants to cover a subject extensively, they will. Six articles in three years when this was an ongoing issue, not getting the job done. Same media personalities feigning outrage over these kids now are being so insincere. And we gotta recognize people. This blew me away. Sam Stein, a total fucking piece of shit liberal. Disheartening that people are just now waking up to the realities of the Obama-era immigration detention policies. Y'all should have been following. But the criticism from Obama's left was nowhere close to what we're hearing today about Trump. Because if we use current liberal rhetoric as a guy like this, that, we told you about earlier from Amy Siskind. Amy Sinkind. Wonder what you would have been doing in Germany as Hitler rose to power. You're doing it right now by watching what Trump's doing. She included the 2014 photo. Chelsea Handler, agree. Are there any Republicans willing to stand up to the Nazi-like in, inhuman behavior? What Republicans have come to stand for behind Trump is astounding. Steve Schmidt, the separated children from parents is something that happened in Gliad and Auschwitz. This should not be happening in America. Disgusting. I say that with a question because the other person asked this guy. So was Obama a Nazi too? Time Tyler Amick. Just like the poor homeless, etc. They all were just MIA from 2009 to 2017. Nobody knows where they went. Because the left is literally grasping at straws, which are about to be banned in California. Wonder what they will grasp at next. <laughs> He's spot on. New York Times Ta- Taibi. Blames phony anti-Trump migrant children's story on Trump. A full page article. It's his fault. He's a piece of shit. Blah, 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 fucking blah. So I got to play a couple sound bites. Uh, the first one is going to be, I'm going to play them back to back and we're going to go into a music break and then come back in the tweets of the day. One is going to be Warren, when confronted about what Obama did, blaming Trump. And the last was going to be my tweet of the day soundbite, but I decided to change it when I got something better. Um, it is CNN talking to a immigrant, a wife of an immigrant that was actually deported, and she did not answer the way they expected, because she basically says he did illegal stuff. And then we're going to tweet of the day, with a soundbite, it is a remix of a documentary that shows Ben Rhodes losing his mind when Hillary lost. He literally could not speak, and it is some awesome shit. So, enjoy. This is an administration policy that is separating these families, a Trump administration policy. And if Donald Trump wants to change it and let fans stay together... He can change it. But the fact that those families are being separated at the border, the fact that children are being torn out of the arms of their mothers, is on Donald Trump's head and nobody else. Even though there's a policy in place under a... This is what gets me about where we are right now, is the administration is the one that... Day by day by day, where are we on these kinds of rules? There's some things, as you know, have to go through Congress, takes forever. There's some things that are often administrative 80s. This one is one the president makes the decision. And now what are we all doing? 
we're all talking about something else. We're talking about yes. photographs. We're talking about mm -hmm. what could have been done two years ago or four years ago or ten years ago. Well, some, let's face it. We need comprehensive immigration reform. Mm -hmm. That's We need real change. We need systemic change. So you're change. saying that instead of... To follow up on that question, you're saying that instead of blaming the Krats and, and just fetching about it, why not just fix it now? If you think yeah. it's yeah. wrong, exactly. yeah. let's not go backwards in the blame game. Mm -hmm. If you think it's wrong, change it. Right. And if you don't think it's wrong, if you're not willing mm -hmm. to change it, then yeah. own it. Because it's, it's a law. It's not a law. It's not a law. Well, I could talk about this for hours, but comprehensive immigration reform is something oh. that. As you know, many people have tried for very a long time, and exactly. nothing gets people out protesting. And sorry, it's it's crazy. Yeah, let's it continue. Much crazy. more important. But you know, but it is a moment to say this is about political courage. Mm -hmm. It's about whether or not your party or there are constituencies who don't want it, or the pieces are hard to put together. There are people like your dad who stepped up and said. This is what is right yeah. for America, yeah. and I will yeah. fight for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need right. more. And everybody, right there. The Mexico life has taken a toll on him. I, I was reading, so, you know, listen, a lot of people would be furious about what the government uh, has done, maybe express their ire toward the president. But I read that you're not mad at the government. You understand the laws. Can you explain that to me a little bit? And, and what, tell me also, what has ICE said to you? Um, yes, I am not upset at our government due to the fact that I am a U.S. citizen and that our laws come first. Our laws are just broken and need to be fixed, but I can't be mad at Trump for doing his job because that is his job to protect us as U.S. citizens from criminals. The only thing is my husband was not a criminal, and those are the laws that need to be fixed because they're broken for the people that are here, were brought as children, doing and have never committed a crime. We need to fix a pathway to citizenship for them. For the criminals that have come here illegally, they need to go back. Have you had, I mean, people would be critical of this administration. I'm not hearing criticism from you, and I'm just wondering, have you had any kind of communication with
the media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed Now, for those who are not very familiar, of course, he is a hack from Obama. 
He is a bus driver that became a policy writer who did the whole Iran deal, has no qualifications, total douche nozzle, okay? And I didn't play the sound bite because it's kind of a waste. You just hear a guy go, uh, and make grunt sounds because he can't process. There's no fucking way that Hillary could lose to Trump. And the reason why I play it with all these people making fun of him with the fight song and all that shit Stephen Miller tweets, how can we make, as a network, put an end to a perfect week that has been our entire credibility, seen our entire credibility shredded? M M MSDNC PR, happy to announce Ben Rhodes is joining NBC News and MSDNC as a political contributor. The former Deputy National Security Advisor for Strategic Communication, President Obama, makes his debut appearance on Meet the Press this Sunday. Yeah. There it is. We have no little or no public trust. They think we're not just a mouthpiece for the Democratic Party. What should we do? I got it. These are all tweets. Ben Rhodes makes a difficult jump transitioning from lying to the public to protect Obama's legacy to lying to the public to protect Obama's legacy. Bro and key advisor on the failed Iran deal. Ben Rhodes will be joining MSDNC and NBC to continue lying. I guess Democrats and leftists in the media want Trump to be reelected because Ben Rhodes pontificating with his smug opinion will remind people why Trump won. Another one. It was nice of NBC to make Ben Rhodes an official employee after nine years of being an honorary one. And it's true. Mm-hmm. But the tweets keep coming because and New York Times published a long piece Wednesday hyping the world as it is, the upcoming memoir of Ben Rhodes. And from within it, Chancellor Angela Merkel at Germany told Mr. Obama that she felt more obliged to run for another term because of Trump and defend the liberal international order. When they parted for the final time, Ms. Merkel had a single tear in her eye. She's all alone, Obama noted. Then this nugget. What if we were wrong? He asked aides, riding with him in an armored presidential limo. He had read a column asserting that liberals had forgotten how important identity was to people and had promoted the an empty cosmopolitan globalism that made many feel left behind. Maybe we pushed too far, Obama said. Maybe people just want to fall back in their tribe. His aide reassured him that he still would have won had he been able to run for another term, and the next generation had more in common with him than Mr. Trump. Mr. Obama, the first black man elected president, did not seem convinced. Sometimes I wonder whether it was 10 or 20 years too early. In the weeks after Mr. Trump's election, Obama went through multiple emotional stages, according to a new book by his longtime advisor, Ben Rhodes, who now works for MSDNC. At times, the departing president took the long view. At other points, he flashed anger. He called Trump a cartoon figure who cared more about his crowd sizes than any particular policy. And he expressed rare self-doubt, wondering whether he had misjudged his own influence on America. The only tweet I'll read from it. That's not messianic yeah it was this from a president who did prison reform when obama didn't this for a president who just signed the right to try bill which allows people to go around the fbi fda and actually get experimental drugs Hmm. yeah nothing important there who actually did bipartisan shit already done bipartisan stuff Obama didn't know bipartisan stuff in eight fucking years. But our tweet of the day, 
Fox News, I was going to play O'Donnell soundbite, I'm saying, I forgot. O'Donnell remarked on this book and said, I can't even grasp that man because Obama has a next level mind. It is like a cult. You hear all the Trumper stuff. It is nothing like the Obama stuff. But our tweet of the day goes to Fox News, played a video of Rob O'Neill, the guy who shot Bin Laden. Americans are tired of this impeach talk. They're tired of the negativity. They want America to work together. H.M. Bob. So cute. Where, what were you doing during the Obama years? I didn't hear you call for unity, so shut up and enjoy the ride, you hypocrite. Another one. The orange buffoon in the White House does not get a pass. Majority of us hate him, and we're not going away. Sorry. So O'Neill responds to H.M. Benson, or H.M.R. Benson, who is the H.M. Bob guy. What was I during, doing during the Obama years? I was in Bin Laden's bedroom. You? Take tweet of the day! To our hate tweets, Sam R. D. Jarrah. She's one of a million. Hey, Nikki Haley, who gave you this necklace? Hamas hummingbird? Samara D. Jara questioning Nikki Haley on the necklace she was wearing. A bunch of anti-Israel people, liberals, which is all of them, were attacking her for wearing a crest of the seal of South Carolina. Maybe you need to get out of your bubble if you don't know the crescent moon is not just Arab, you fucking moron. Hillary Clinton, there's no more important test of our country than the way we treat the most vulnerable among us, especially children. We cannot turn away from what's happening on our watch. We have to act. And everybody puts screenshots of Obama's detainee stuff and the kid in Florida. The Cuban that was attacked by her husband's ATF force back in the day. Do you remember that? The infamous picture of a little boy in his parents' arms and a guy pointing a rifle at him. Yeah. Then there's this one. I put it in the hate retweet because it's just unfucking believable Buffalo Wild Wings, please God, let me retweet this. The first one, our secret recipe is Tommy's cum. That's what makes our wings so good. Other ones. Reminder that Madeline McCain has been missing for nine years. Fuck niggas. Remember that Tariq Nasheed is a racist. A bunch of N-word stuff. Tommy thinks that Glove is a bad midget with a small dick. Remember that Wendy's touches kids. Our secret recipe is tops come. So what they ended up doing instead of, you know, making up excuses, going the PC route, they did the right thing. Well, we were hacked. It wasn't funny. We apologize for the awful post, which obviously did not come from us. You think, okay, Tony, why do you have in the hate tweet section? Because one of many replied like this, Eugene Jew, MD. Buffalo Wild Wings probably got hacked, but that's not the story here. The real story is that racist tweets went massively viral before they got deleted. This showcased the same type of crude trolling power Trump leverages when he makes outrageous statements. Somebody said what I said. Wow, people actually let Trump live between their ears. 
everything's Trump for the left. It doesn't matter what happens. Two rando or a rando hacks fucking wild wings and it's Trump's fault. Got it. Dana Loach's got our next one. This one hits close to home because we talked about it a lot during this gun debate. Her tweet, gun control group tells donors to take out Republican. I'll surmise it, not read it. Who do they want to take out? Steve Scalise, who was shot by a liberal assassin. The media did not get upset about that. There was no long conversation about rhetoric that causes people to do stuff. No. Didn't, didn't, didn't hear that. Then you got Dan Helmer. After 9-11, the greatest threat to our democracy lives in a cave. Today he lives in the White House. Running for Congress. That's his rhetoric. He's OBL again. They're either Nazis, OBL. We just got the same talking points. So once again, when I say Samantha B speaks for all liberals, that is more in tune than what all conservatives, who most of them didn't even know Valerie Jarrett was black. Because she's not. She's an Arab. Whatevs. Uh, it applies. Because you can go online. Just go to Twitter. Troll. You'll see what liberals really think. Um, you just do. Then Trump hugs a kid with muscular dystrophy. Kim Ann, my first thought seeing this was, oh boy, the poor flame is going to have reporters up their ass looking to vilify them in record time. This is not normal thought. I take responsibility for myself think that way. But seriously, media, society, everything sucks. Just in case you thought I might be overreacting, here you go. Here are the tops. Forecast years of therapy. Sadly, it's that the conditioning. Poor kid. Years from now, his parents will have to explain to him why they let that happen. Somebody said, an actual crisis actor. I would never allow my child anywhere near him. I wish I could unsee this. Hell, Melania doesn't even let Barron that close to Trump. Give me a hug, you little Aryan scamp. Hundreds. Can't let anything go. Nothing. Then, because we've been talking so much about Brennan and company, I had to put in the hate tweet instead of hypocrisy. Brennan, John Brennan, I will speak out until integrity returns to the White House. Donald Trump is failing to live up to the standards we should expect from a president. He was given that at the Washington Post. A man that has proven to be complicit in the damn Watergate. But, you know, hey, that's kind of how our life is. And our last hate tweet before we go to hypocrisy out of bumper, Susan Rice's son is a huge Trump supporter. I just want everybody to know that. That guy's Twitter feed is mighty ugly. So, our hypocrisy. First off, our USA Today, they were reporting on... Uh, California's drug trafficking. And they literally show it Colorado instead of California. But hey. Then there's Google. Google is so unpopular, it is a verb these days. People Google things. You do a Google, things can be worth a, a Google. So you think they would be front and center to apologize from their site listing Nazism as one of the key ideologies of the California Republican Party. If you search for California Republicans on Google, Google lists Nazism 
as their ideology. When confronted, Google over and over said, we didn't change anything. It's the biorhythms. It's just normal. And it's a lie. They're concerned because the tide's starting to change in some parts of California, especially with the overt display of sanctuary cities, giving the illegals more than they give more normal people. It's starting to backfire. And polling is not looking as great as it used to look in state elections. So, of course, they have to be Nazis. Kevin McCarthy. Sadly, this is just the latest incident in a disturbing trend to slander conservatives. These damaging actions must be held accountable. And they won't. They just just won't. New York Times, our next hypocrisy, lead story, conspiratorial Trump corrosive paranoia harming faith in the media. Multiple articles this week basically saying the only reason why people are upset about the media and how they act, the only people who are upset about Samantha Bee is because Trump's conspiracy theories. It's a Kristen, Kristen Powers bullshit. We don't do anything wrong. It's you people. Hmm. Bill Clinton dismisses Gillibrand saying he should have resigned. Kristen Gillibrand's been under a lot of pressure from her constituents, but she never said me too shit about Clinton. And so she finally said it. And of course the media went to him and Clinton said, well, yeah, no. Media didn't push back, of course. Eric Spencer, the media are going to keep attacking innocent civilians till one of them gets killed as a result. They think this will make them martyrs and bolster their cause. What it's really going to do is shine a giant spotlight on all the ridiculous bullshit. Normal people don't notice when stuff like this happens. People's mothers and grandmothers have no idea a business owner is being harassed because there's someone they're related to tweeted something that gave a journalist the sads. But when a journalist gets killed for ending someone's livelihood, relationship, etc., it's going to make national news and the why will come out. And they honestly don't understand that people don't want to be held culpable for their relative's action. It's beyond stupid. And he's right. This is an actual article. HuffPo. Trump's loudest anti-Muslim Twitter troll is a shady vegan married to an ousted WWZE executive. If I was to read this to you, it is more detail on a private citizen than we ever got on Barack Obama before he was elected president. They go down to everything. They even talk about our high school. A private citizen who's on Twitter. The Krasinski fucking CNN model is what all agencies are doing now. Because once again, Twitter does most of it for them, but they still want to shut down opposing views. Next article. Hypocrites, most liberal media titans won't share info on racial gender breakdown of staff. A lady named Chadia has been asking over and over of Washington Post, BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, to talk about their racial composite of their newsrooms. Every time it leaks out and there's a photo, we see it. It's all white. Same agencies that push all this, you know, gender neutral, not enough black people and everything, yada, yada, yada. She can't get responses from anybody. Nothing. They, They won't report it. A local hypocrisy. Oregon. 
Elizabeth Hode, the Union Way Penalizing Community-Minded Employers. Large article about my favorite burger joint in the world. It's called Burgerville, USA. They have donated tens of millions of dollars building parks, etc. But they were attacked by a union organization group to make them unionize and increase to $15 an hour. In her article, she's a liberal, she writes for the Oregonian. Literally, they have one of the best pays, healthcare and everything, anywhere in the country. And like I said, tens of millions of dollars to civic stuff. Yet they still attack them because they're not good enough because they won't be union. Eating their own. To our media mash. Tapper interviews guy who called Trump a madman. CNN interviews a teacher who graded Trump's paper. Do you think that ever would have happened under Obama? Maddow, for some reason, brought back up the disgraced Nashville mayor who got caught cheating on her husband and embezzling money. Not once does she say her party affiliation. NBC does an article that the entire goddamn GOP is now white nationalists because somebody's linked to white nationalism that's running for Congress. And Tim Graham, Graham, Nail CNN for their bias. Enjoy. In a new column, the Washington Post's Dana Milbank goes so far as to write of President Trump, quote, calling him a liar lets him off easy. A liar, by definition, knows he's not telling the truth. Trump's behavior is worse. With each day, it becomes more obvious he can't distinguish between fact and fantasy. It's an illness, Milbank writes, and it's spreading, unquote. Let's discuss with Dana Milbank from the Washington Post, who now joins our panel. Dana, you're obviously not a doctor, and yet here you are diagnosing uh, illness uh, here. Uh, did you go a little too far, maybe? Well, I, I'm not a doctor, but I do occasionally uh, play one in the newspaper. But, no, I mean, look, I uh, was doing a colloquial uh, comparison, saying, you know, and using the uh, the madman characterization. That's not something you'd find in the uh, DSM. You wouldn't get reimbursed uh, for it if your doctor put it on a, on your uh, prescription form. Uh, the idea, though, I have talked with a lot of uh, brain scientists, with a lot of uh, uh, psychological, psychiatric professionals. Uh, you can't uh, diagnose the man, Certainly, I'm not a doctor. Even doctors can't diagnose him if he's not uh, on their couch. Uh, what you can say is looking at uh, the situation, what's going on here. And, you know, you, the, the clips you just played are certain things. Well, you can quibble, you can argue, but the president is often saying all kinds of things that are very easily to disprove. He'll say that it was really sunny uh, when it was raining out. Uh, he'll say that his net worth is affected by how he's feeling, like it goes higher or lower depends, depending on how he feels about it. Uh, what it indicates to me and the people I interviewed uh, uh, for this uh, is that this is not a guy who knows what the truth is and is saying something otherwise. He seems to be so comfortable with what he's saying that he very much seems to believe uh, what he's saying. Whatever came out of his mouth, he seems to believe to be the truth. Oh, if he, if he, not going to change if the president you know, was writing in your class. What grade would you give him on his composition? I've been asked that, and, and it depends really on the class. I hate to give a grade because this is so incredibly public at this point, which is obviously an indicator of the silly season. But um, I really, if if I were grading for that, um, which is mechanics, basically, I, I just don't see that I could give him over a D. I, I really don't. I would probably lose some points for effort. Um, and I... Please understand that I know 100% they did not write this, that this was probably written by a committee. It's probably a drop-down menu of, 
I did, I facilitated, I called, I did whatever, and they just patch them all together. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But he's, but the signature is, hmm. and the buck stops somewhere. And did you resend your letter with all of the markups back to the White House? Yes, I did. And did you hear yes, back from them? I have not heard back from them, but I'm expecting a tweet any minute. I I can't imagine that he wouldn't already know about this since, I don't know, in the German newspapers by now. But I can't imagine that this would uh, make him particularly happy that someone like me was uh, picking on someone like him. Well, but he, I don't imagine I'm the only English who's ever marked up his papers, to tell you the truth. He's got sports. When he does send that tweet, we're sure you're marking up and sending Ms. Mason. You've intimidated both of us. Thanks so much for being good. with us. Thank Appreciate you. it. As every teacher should. No doubt. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great talking. That's what happened to the mayor of Nashville, Tennessee, just a few weeks ago. Plea deal. She pled guilty to a felony, but she got no jail time. She got unsupervised probation. How did she get such a sweet deal? Well, as part of the deal with prosecutors, she agreed to resign. Same thing happened last year to Alabama Republican Governor Robert Bentley, the governor who you might think would be voted least likely to fall victim to a lurid sex scandal, one in which there were tapes. Uh, but Governor Bentley did not get prosecuted on ethics charges. He instead made a deal in which he did community service and he agreed to resign from office. And in his case, he not only agreed to resign from office, he agreed to a lifetime ban on him ever again holding any other public office. Prosecutors thought that was a pretty good deal. Now today it is Missouri Republican Governor Eric Greitens. Uh, there has been serious scandal swirling around Governor Eric Greitens since the beginning of this year. In Missouri, he was facing possible impeachment. He was facing an ethics inquiry. He was facing a reported FBI investigation, a, a felony charge from one prosecutor, another felony charge from a different prosecutor, well, a charge that had been filed against him and then dropped, but it might be filed again by a special prosecutor. All of this swirling around Governor Eric Greitens. Well, today, the top prosecutor in St. Louis revealed her agreement with the governor that she would drop one pending felony charge against Eric Greitens in exchange for him resigning from office. Now to a disturbing trend as we approach the 2018 midterms. A surge in candidates running for office with white nationalist messages. At least eight have been identified by an organization that monitors hate groups. That's more than any other election in modern history. NBC's Morgan Radford traveled across the country to talk with some of these candidates about why they believe they can win on a platform of prejudice. Hi, my name's Art Jones. Arthur Jones is running for Congress in Chicago's third district. Do you think you have a shot at winning? Listen, I wouldn't be in this if I didn't think I could win. He's also one of at least eight white nationalists running for state or federal office this year, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I consider myself a white racialist. Jones was a member of the American Nazi Party who denies the Holocaust ever happened. 20,000 people voted for Jones in the March primary. He ran uncontested, and now he'll be on the Republican ticket in November. Anti-hate groups say the number of white nationalists running for office this year is higher than ever before, including candidates like Patrick Little. This monstrous nature of the Jewish people must be known to the public. Do you think Jews are monsters? As a group, they are definitely behaving as a monster, 100%. Little is running against Senator Dianne Feinstein in California and blames Jews for America's problems. A foreign power that has committed terrorist attacks against this country. 
He claims President Trump is speaking to people like him. The dog whistled about globalists. I didn't understand he was talking about Jews until after the election. But the state and national Republican Party say they want nothing to do with him or Jones. There should be a wake-up call. If these types of candidates are going to come out from under the rock, they need to be repudiated at the back. Roseanne Barr, in all her bile-laden Twitter glory, speaks to a certain part of the president's base. It's the part that Trump harnessed when he launched himself into conservative politics in the first place with a laser focus not on taxes or abortion or health care, but on one issue. What did he do? The racist conspiracy theory that the first black president was a secret Muslim from Kenya. MSNBC host Chris Hayes today fighting critics who say he made his Hillary Clinton deplorables moment, his comment, by claiming a majority of the president's voters are racist. Here's his tweet, quote, Roseanne Barr's problem turned out to be that she far too authentically represented the actual worldview of a significant chunk of the Trump base. MSNBC parent company Comcast stock closing the day in the red, down almost a percent, down more than 22 percent year to date. Let's bring in Media Research Center Director Tim Graham. Great to see you, Tim. Thank you. What's your reaction? Uh, that's a big smear. Uh, look, uh, it's the it's the part where he says it authentically represents a significant chunk of the Trump voter. It's basically saying that the average Trump voter would sign off on a Planet of the Apes tweet. I mean, that's just absurd. I mean, you know, what's less absurd is to say that when Chris Hayes went out on Memorial Day weekend and said he was uncomfortable using the word heroes to describe our war dead, that he represented a significant chunk of the Obama voters. Is that fair? Yeah, it's a great point you make, Tim. And, you know, it's really the media deciding what news they think you should see. I mean, and by the way, what was not pointed out here was that President Trump did get 8% of the black vote, 28% of Hispanics, 27% of minorities, um, of Asians, rather. More than Mitt Romney in 2012, but less than Obama, George W., Reagan, and both Clintons. But what's your take on the media going wall-to-wall -wall on stories like the Roseanne Barr story? There are plenty of other stories to cover. Uh, I think there is an obvious answer. This, this tweet was objectionable in the extreme, but these people love talking about race. It is not a mystery that they had all scheduled an hour-long town hall meeting to talk about every their title, everyday racism in America, because they're not fond of America, and they think the everyday American is a racist. And there was no time in those 60 minutes, I watched most of it, to actually discuss, oh, speaking of racists in America, how about Farrakhan? So, how yeah. about people who think, you know, how about anti-white racists? You know, they're not going to take any time on that. So, I mean, it's, it's, they just love, love, love talking about race, and they love, love, love the idea that whites should feel guilty all the time. Let's get to another MSNBC star, Chris Matthews, now saying, basically, effectively, he's saying Republicans are all programmed the same. Let's listen. Is that a cultural problem with the Republican Party as opposed to most Americans? I think Republicans are told, read the Wall Street Journal, play golf, and talk about pro sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, the men especially are all programmed a certain way. They don't have too many outliers, Republicans. They all behave basically the same, right? You must play yes. golf. You don't yes. play tennis. You must. Yes. You, must play. you must watch sports and talk about the NFL. You must talk. Yeah. And what else? Oh, read the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And believe okay. the op-ed page. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, all right, Tim, here, here are the facts. According to Pew Research Center, four out of ten women read the Wall Street Journal and that more men read The Economist or Bloomberg versus The Wall Street Journal. What do you make of Chris Matthews' comments? Uh, this is, again, why people, you, even the guests on his show were smiling like, you're such a goober. Um, you know, it, uh, on WMAL this morning, Vince Colonnese said, Obama is two of those three. He golfs a lot and he talks about sports a lot. And so they read the Wall Street Journal. I mean, these shows are supposed to be based on, as you just suggested, facts would be good. Doing your actual research, your homework would be good. Yeah, but their Chris viewers Matthews are not getting that. Tim, Tim, what's happening to the viewers who watch MSNBC shows like this? What is happening to them when they get that constant stream of this kind of, you know, what some critics say is poison? There's no facts and research in here. Well, and I think that's important, whatever news channel you're watching, is that, you know, are you actually getting facts or are you just getting opinions? And, and, and then there's okay. fact-based opinions, and then there's opinions like this, this that are literally just pulled out of thin air, like, eh, I think Republicans are programmed to all read the Wall Street Journal, is just a classic Chris Matthews, like, I didn't do any research before I came on this show, type of quote. Okay, Tim Graham, we love having you on. Can you come back soon? You're terrific. It's great to see you. Thanks. Our Bias 101 is going to be Jim Acosta. I'll preface it. The Reagan Battalion. What ha we happen to agree with Acosta that Kim Kardashian is a joke and shouldn't be taken seriously. But in all honesty, is this the role of a reporter to insert his opinion or to report the news? This is especially weird given how Acosta didn't question all the times Obama teamed up with celebrities for various causes. I have for you Bill Murray, Macklemore, the guy from Hamilton, uh, the guy we just talked, what the hell's his name? Uh, the rap guy that won the Pulitzer. I lost his fucking name. Will Ferrell, guy from Breaking Bad, Justin Timberlake, uh, Seinfeld, uh, Clooney, Tiger Woods, and Amy Schuler. Yeah. And this was tweeted to Costa a million times. Even pictures with him with five other ones that were I didn't even list. James Hassan. Hi, Acosta. If you could show me your outrage segment about Obama meeting Nicki Minaj, Chance the Rapper, Alicia Keys, Well, J. Cole, Ludacris, among others, then I'll take your outrage seriously. Otherwise, you are... You are how we got here. Actual tweets. Obama and Seinfeld in a car getting coffee. They can't leave White House, obviously. He's just mad that another attention-hungry prima donna is stealing his empty-headed thunder. Another one. These are tweets from Acosta. John Legend to CNN State of the Union. I'm going to push the president to get more involved in criminal justice reform. This was under Obama. Yeah, no problem. And then the second soundbite is going to be him losing his fucking mind because the Secret Service didn't recognize him. These soundbites sum up what's wrong with CNN. 
He's simply pointing out the bias. The president's pointing to the hypocrisy in the media, saying that the most horrible things about this president, uh, and nobody addresses it. Where was Bob Iger's apology to the White House staff for Jamel Hill calling the president and anyone associated with him a white supremacist? To Christians around the world for Joy Bear calling Christianity a mental illness? Where was the apology for Kathy Griffin going on a profane rant against the president on The View after a photo showed her holding president? President Trump's decapitated head. And where was the apology from Bob Iger for ESPN hiring Keith Olbermann after his numerous expletive-laced tweets attacking the president as a Nazi and even expanding Olbermann's role after that attack against the president's family? This is a double standard that the president is speaking about. No one is defending her comments. They're inappropriate, but that's what the point that he was making. Sir, where are the president's apologies for things that he said over to you? Jim Acosta, let me pivot over to you uh, there in the briefing. What, what were you asking? there at the end? Well, I tried to ask uh, where are the president's apologies for all of the things that he has said over the years. Uh, you know, uh, Sarah Sanders was very careful to point out and turn it back around on the media and asking, you know, why haven't certain personalities at various networks apologized to the president for things that they've said? Uh, but, of course, this is a president who launched his campaign saying that Mexican immigrants are rapists. Uh, he has uh, said over the years uh, that, uh, you know, when talking about African-American athletes and calling them sons of bitches, uh, you know, talking about uh, the violence in Charlottesville, saying that they're very fine people on both sides. Uh, obviously, these are all uh, comments that he's made over the years where people on both sides of the aisle have been clamoring, almost begging the president to apologize for comments that he's made. Uh, you know, you only have to go to a Trump campaign rally once in your life uh, to hear the kind of uh, hostility that he, he generates on an almost daily basis. And so it's a bit much, I think, uh, for the White House press secretary from the podium to come out here and try to shame the media and say it's somehow our fault that Roseanne Barr uh, put out this tweet. Uh, the president uh, decided to weigh in on it. One question that was not asked of Sarah Sanders, by the way, uh, was yesterday. She said that the president has more important things to do. Well, of course, uh, sometimes there are not uh, more important things than the president's uh, grudges that he, he feels that he has to nurse on a daily basis. And that's why he, he posted that tweet earlier this afternoon going after a ABC, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, just can't help himself, Brooke, and, and that was in direct, uh, you know, uh, that was in direct contrast to what Sarah Sanders told reporters yesterday, that the president had other things to do, and yet here he comes out today and starts tweeting about Roseanne Barr. It just gets to the uh, the lack of seriousness. Forget about the fact that Kim Kardashian is here at the White House today, <laughs> and what planet that is uh, anything resembling normal, because it's not. Uh, she shouldn't be here talking about prison reform. It's very nice that she is here, but that, that's not a serious thing to, to have happened here at the White House. But but really, uh, the, that pales in comparison, that level of seriousness pales in comparison to what the president does when he weighs in on the Roseanne Barr tweet, uh, fails to condemn the racism at the heart of her remarks, and then have, having the White House press secretary coming out here and shaming the media and blaming us. Uh, you know, for for making all sorts of comments that, that need apologies when they themselves uh, owe the American people uh, plenty of apologies for the uh, things that the president has said over the years. And, and of course, we know uh, past being prologue with this president, those apologies will likely not be forthcoming, Brooke. The last soundbite was actually uh, Michael J. Morrison 
who found it. CNN, Jim Acosta, have a meltdown at Secret Service for not recognizing him, despite the fact that he's been there for five years. We captured part of it on video. This guy is such a prima donna. I could go on, but I got a bite that will take us to stats of the day. Here's Greg Gutfeld again. Sorry. I know I'm double gutfelding today, but he had some good shit this week that I saw on the internet, and uh, he takes him to task. As you know, yesterday, Kim Kardashian visited President Trump to talk prison reform, instantly incurring the wrath of that perpetual scowl known as Jim Acosta. Here's CNN's frown prince, <laughs> lamenting our president's lack of seriousness. Forget about the fact that Kim Kardashian is here at the White House today and what planet that is uh, anything resembling normal, because it's not. Uh, she shouldn't be here talking about prison reform. It's very nice that she is here, but that, that's not a serious thing to, to have happened here at the White House. Ooh, Mr. Sophisticated. Seriously, does this guy ever have any fun? Something tells me he would complain about freshly laundered pajamas. It's the only good thing I could think of. I get it, though. Kim's not an important celebrity, the kind that showed up when President Obama was in charge. I mean, she's no John Legend. Am I right, Jimmy? I'm going to push the president to uh, get more involved in uh, criminal justice reform. If you change your mind about running for office, mm -hmm. give CNN the scoop. I will. Right? I will. John Legend. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. We, we might just a little bit. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> Fact is, a lot of celebrities visited Obama, John Legend, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Beyonce, Seinfeld, Timberlake, but that never bothered Jim. So the real story is that there are those in the media who still can't step outside their own bias. Even when Trump does something good or something they agree with or something that other presidents have done many times before, they act as though it's a horrible first and it's most certainly awful. So Trump hears out a celebrity over a case involving a woman who served 20 years of a life sentence for a first-time nonviolent drug crime. Don't you think maybe Acosta would find that a bit refreshing? But it isn't about the prisoner or Kim. It's about Trump. And for the next six and a half years, it will always be about Trump. Seems like Jim is stuck in a prison of his own making. Whoa, what a metaphor. <laughs> I wrapped it up in a nice little package, and I hand it over to you, Jesse. <laughs> Clearly a product of bias. The only, yeah. There was one variable, was Trump, and the whole story changes. Well done, Gutfeld. Take a lap, Acosta. You got crushed. <laughs> and, you know, it's great that now you have this Internet. It's like an encyclopedia of hypocrisy. Yep. You go back, I think he told a late-night show the other day, I was just as tough on Obama as I am on Trump. And then if you look on the Internet, it's him just giving Obama wet kisses at all these press conferences. I don't mind Acosta. I think it's fine that he does what he does. But own it. You are in the tank for the left. You hate Donald Trump. Don't hide behind CNN. It's, you know, you're biased. Just come to terms with it. If you were on the right and you were harassing and lobbing loaded questions at Obama, I'm sure you'd have people lauding you. That's fine. Jesse would be one. I'd be like, hell of a job. This guy's got a real, uh, real, uh, you know, real stomach for this. But I, I just have to correct one thing. They're calling this woman who Kim Kardashian is lobbing for this first-time nonviolent drug offender. According to the AP, at the time she was arrested, she was running a multi-million dollar cocaine ring with South American drug lords and laundering millions of dollars. Still life without parole? Listen, maybe it was a little too harsh, but let's not characterize her as like maybe she sold a dime bag on the street once. This is massive amounts of cocaine for many, many years. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of drug dealers who've sold much more damaging drugs who have done far less time and they right. get parole. 
I, I, I just want to say about Acosta. I mean, I'm proud of him because, uh, you know, I have an affiliation in the sense that his dad was a Cuban refugee, and I like to see the American dream come true and uh, Latin pride and all that. Uh, he, is, he, is, pride. he is uptight and inconsistent at, at times, and I, and I think he is very disrespectful of, of President Trump. But I think Kim Kardashian going to the White House is, is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Is, if that's what it takes for them to talk about prison reform and sentencing reform and, and yeah, issues it, like It's a, a boring topic. You need a little pizzazz to get little, people excited you gotta, about it. you got to have something to get to the presidency. I mean, there's so many... Uh, you know, ca- catastrophes competing for center stage on the on the on the world platform. There, you need someone like her to push it over. And I am delighted, not that you mentioned it, that uh, President Trump has pardoned uh, Dinesh uh, D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza. I, I, I want him to use this pardon power a lot more. I think that he hinted that Rod Blagojevich, the mm-hmm. former governor of Illinois, would be pardoned. He got 18 years. For saying, oh man, I can't wait to get something for this seat. I mean, so wait, I mean, it wasn't a crime at all. I think Peter Fitzgerald, who's uh, on uh, Jim Comey's best friend on the team, uh, uh, you know, defending Comey, uh, he was the prosecutor there in Illinois. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Blagojevich, Martha Stewart. I mean, she didn't even, she was in the clear and then she lied to a fed. She didn't know that the, you couldn't, couldn't tell a mistruth when you didn't raise I would like age. to right. preemptively lobby for a pardon from the president, uh, just in case. I want to pardon uh, Jedediah and Dana so they have time to speak. Uh, Jed, yeah, I was just going to say that it's funny because of the issue at hand of prison reform and you know that Acosta agrees with this likely. Yes. It's very likely. So he had to, even though he agrees on the issue, he had to twist and contort himself because it's Trump that he has to oppose it. He has to have a problem with it. And I think that's when it's interesting, because when it's an issue that, you know, they oppose, it's one thing. But when it's an issue that you know somebody like that probably supports, and, and many people do, and you have to nail it just because it's Trump, that's what makes it so funny for, for the audience, I think. Dana? Well, I, I'll talk about the celebrity angle, which is that I don't really care what their political mm-hmm. uh, views are, and I don't want to read them on Twitter necessarily. I don't take much stock in them. They're free to do it, but it just doesn't persuade yeah. me at all. But I would say that somebody like Angelina Jolie, when she decided to become a U.N. ambassador to talk about the plight of children and refugees around the world, that was effective. Yeah. Um, so if you have a, a platform and you want to do good with it, I think that that's to be admired. I would also say, though, on the pardon front, that was not the pardon I was expecting today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we've talked a couple of days about Matthew Charles, who is back in, yeah. he's actually back in jail. It's a government error. I hear that it is being kicked around at the White House that his sentence would be commuted or that he would get a pardon, and possibly even this week. And I think that's much more warranted and urgent than rewarding political allies and celebrities. But, but he did do Jack Johnson, which... Is, is pretty great. Again, yeah. that is great. Mm-hmm. It's also posthumous. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was actually being sent back to prison mm-hmm. unnecessarily. To our stats of the day, what happened to the rise of MSDNC after showing historic growth a few months when Rachel Maddow took the title of the most watched show? It's all over. Um, Handy's back. They're, they've gone to shit. Um, let me get to the Fox News destroyed the competition with an average total audience of 
2.381 million viewers compared to MSDNC's 1.3, CNN's 835. Among the 25 to 44, the group most covered by advertisers, FNC shook off a challenge in recent months from MSNBC to go 461 to 300,000. Yeah. So, that's why we're not hearing about the uh, Rachel Maddow anymore. It, it got old because people probably went over and watched, and you watched it. It's, well, I'll be honest, this is horrible as seeing Hannity. Except she's more ethereal. Then there was a whole thing about, hey, we're going to take out Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz opens up double-digit lead over to the challenger that they put in there that wasn't from the state. Good job. Mark Noller. Gets our next stat. Report 223,000 new payroll jobs in May. The nation's unemployment rate down a tenth to 3.8. Lowest is 2,000. Number of unemployed also declined from 6.3 million in April to 6.1 million in May. Over the year, the unemployment rate's down 0.5 percentage point, and the number unemployed down by 772,000. I don't know if they counted me. But Nancy Pelosi is still leading the charge. The job report shows that strong unemployment numbers mean little to families hit with soaring new costs under the Republican watch. Eight. I found eight right off the bat, off, off the top of hers, of Democrats saying, you know, I make more money now. I don't know what you're talking about. Come up with better than this. Singapore Airlines, their next stat, they're going to launch the world's, world's long, longest commercial flight. You're going to fly um, Singapore to New York. It's going to be 19 hours. Good luck with that. Another big stat is poll. How do, how do fans feel about the NFL's kneeling bad? Good. Big fans, even better. In a survey of 1,800 Americans conducted by SurveyMonkey, 54% approved of the NFL's new product. Uh, policy against 43 who disapproved. When the pollsters drilled down a little deeper, they found the approval of policy increased the more hardcore the NFL fan. Among those who described themselves as big fans, which was 53% of the respondents, a slight, slightly greater percentage of 56% to 42 came back. Of the big fans, 25 of the respondent, 25% of the respondents an even higher percentage approved of the anthem protest ban, 59% approved, with just 40 disapproving. About the game percentage, 55% of America agree with the policy, said they believe it's fair for a team to be fined for a player's action, while a slightly higher, 57%, said players who don't want to do it should just stay in the locker room. More than 4 in 10 people say that kneeling during the anthem is not related to patriotism. Nearly as many, 41%, say kneeling during the anthem is unpatriotic among three times more than the number of respondents who think it's patriotic. Only 14% of you fucking wahoos believe that. Hmm. Then this stat, which scared the shit out of me, a watchdog group has noticed there are signs of sophisticated cell phone spying found near the White House. Over and over, when approached, nobody will say who they are, I will guarantee it's a three-letter organization, and they're trying to find shit about Trump. This article, which was a liberal site, tried to make it foreign governments, but there's no proof. 
Another one. Last week, a study from the Harvard University of Death of Puerto Rico in the aftermath got everybody fired up on the left because they said there was 4,645 people that died. When it's all said and done, it's still just 64 people died. But every media outlet ran this fucking thing into the ground because they wanted to try to get a Katrina for Trump. That's what it was about. It wasn't about the dead people. It wasn't how horrible it was. Look at Trump. What has he done? It's the same thing that happened for Bush. And the H. Bush, the only person it happened to was somehow Obama in New Jersey, which still hasn't recovered. Yeah, we he was awesome. Oh, because we're going to have an election. Got it. And our last step before we go to be, uh, music break and into our news and social media nuggets. In two weeks, gun owners in Deerfield, Illinois, are supposed to turn in their semi-automatic rifles, destroy them, or get them out of town if they don't want to be criminals. But nobody wants to take your guns, right? Yeah. There you go. I got a buddy up there so super liberal, he'll make your head spin. And he owns ARs. I feel sorry for you, bud. It's the way of the liberal. Two music break. News. Social media nuggets.
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Our generation, man, all you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves, because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself... Get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Gays in the military now. Military Corner. The Army and Marine Corps are checking their M4s and M16s for dangerous glitch. Uh, basically, the rifles for a malfunction with the selector switch that causes the weapon to fire without soldiers or Marines pulling the trigger. The Army first issued a safety message about the issue on March 29, following an incident at Fort Knox where soldiers M4A1 went off unexpectedly during troubleshooting, said R. Slade Walter, spokesman for the U.S. Army Tank Automotive and Armament Command. The weapon initially failed to fire when the soldier pulled the trigger because the selector switch was in between semi and auto. Walter said when the selector switch was clicked back into place, the weapon fired. There have been no injuries reported result. The unintended discharge occurred on M4A1 carbine that has recently been converted as part of the product improvement program. Mmm, that ain't good. Marines have had 6% of 52,000 weapons had the problem. And the Army had 6% also, so hopefully they'll get them fixed. The Pizza MRE is heading downrange sooner than you think. This is unbelievable. The pizza, the pepperoni pizza entree has been added to the 2018 Meals Ready to Eat menu and should be on its way to field soon. The Pizza MRE includes cheddar and jalapeno cheese spread, Italian breadsticks, cookies, cherry blueberry cobbler, and a chocolate protein drip. The pizza can be eaten cold or heated with a flameless ration heater. You know, for a pizza that has to last for at least three years, it's pretty stinking good, said Jeremy Wilstead, Deputy Director of the Defense Department Combat Feeding Directorate. Whenever we have sampled it with people, the primary comment that comes back is, hey, it tastes like pizza I had last night that I put in the fridge. (laughs) I will kill for that. They were talking about that in early 2000, before I got out. Then there's this one. The Pentagon attests combat rations specifically designed for infantry troops. U.S. military nutrition experts hope to start testing a new assault ration known as the Close Combat Assault Ration, or CCAR, that is drastically lighter than existing field rations by 2020. Ten years ago, the Defense Department Combat Feeding Directorate began fielding the first strike ration, which was designed to give combat troops the equivalent of three MREs, ready to, f- MREs, sorry, I was paraphrasing it and I started reading it, a day in a compact, lightweight package. At about two pounds, the FSR is about half the weight and size of three MRE prototypes of the close combat assault ration weigh in about as much as one MRE and take up about 75% less room. It's designed for those guys like Rangers, Special Ops, Light Infantry that would potentially be in a mission scenario that would require them to carry multiple days of food, ammunition, water, and other supplies. <clears throat> he said, the idea of having a combat ration tailored to the needs of ground troops has been bounced around 
before. In 2016, General Joseph Schrader, commander of the Marine Corps System Command, told industry professionals and Marine Corps-based Quantico, Virginia, that he was interested in developing an MRE especially designed for grunts. Here's the important thing. When you are a grunt, you have a backpack. You've got to put three days of meals in there. That's nine fucking meals. If you're in a HUA infantry unit, you really only got two meals a day. So that's six meals. But with all the packaging and bullshit, we would strip them down and tape them. And it would take a lot of time to do that. To get them just like to be duct taped little, maybe an inch tall meals and throw out most of the shit because you just didn't have room in your rucksack. So this is pretty cool. It'll still have 3,000 calories, but it'll be space friendly. I guess is the word I'm looking for. So that's pretty interesting stuff. But I, I still want the damn pizza. Somebody give me the pizza MRE. Do our college crazy. Guide trains docs to persuade ambivalent women to have abortions. The University of California, San Francisco think tank for reproductive rights is training future abortionists on how to steer ambivalent pregnant women towards having an abortion. The early abortion training guide was published by UCSF Bixby Center for Global Reproductive Health, which sponsors annual fellowships for abortionists at 30 colleges. People of all faith and religions have abortion. You do not need any background in religious or spiritual matters to talk to patients about abortion. Though the majority of the guide focuses on the medical process of performing abortion, a section on pregnancy option counseling techniques suggests abortion should encourage women to reconcile their hesitations and just fucking kill their kid. I want you to just, just grab that for a second. That's a thing. That's disgusting. When in our human race, other than China, have we steered people to kill their kids? But that's a liberal thing. It goes in line with students slam Northwest for morally wrong Plan B advice. Remember the Northwest University Pro-Life Club are slamming the school advice on emergency contraception, labeling it patently misleading and morally wrong. The condemnation came at the school's Center for Awareness Response Education. Provided sources for survivors of sexual assault, publishing a resource pamphlet claiming that emergency contraception is not an abortion pill. The progressive climate in Northwestern is so co- cohesive that anytime abortion does come up, there's no doubt that being pro life is a liability on campus. Emergency contraception is a way to stop pregnancy before it begins, the guy notes, not the same as an abortion pill. Plan B, step one, works mainly by stopping the release of an egg from the ovary. Yeah. Sorry. It's an abortion pill, you fucking morons. Next one, transgender handout examined gender normative privileges. So we got white privilege, white women privilege, and now we have gender normative. Stonewall Center, the University of Massachusetts Amherst, is offering an informational handout to provide students through topics such as gender normative privileges. The Stone Center, which is an LGBTQIA plus resource center on campus, offers a series of 12 handouts 
on its website aimed at teaching students about transgender transgender issues, including transgender terminology, how to be an ally, transgender films, and more. Its site says that it serves a model for many other college universities and today more than 150 LGBT campuses and centers obviously exist across the United States. In the transgender terminology handout, features a glossary of terms for students such as MTF individuals, which is defined as male to fem- female transsexuals. Transsexual women are trans women individuals assigned a male at birth to identify as females. Likewise, the school defines phrases as cisgender privilege, two-spirit people, gender queer, and gender affirming surgery. Okay. Somehow I don't see for 0.7% of the world why we need this stuff, but I guess 0.7% is more important to liberals than the 0.3% of people who fought in these wars. Starbucks, after all the hubbub, they closed their shops. And I'll just sum it up by Mike Mundy. So you're going to close your doors because two African Americans were sitting down looking suspicious. This makes no sense. Other people, no problem. We'll get our coffee elsewhere permanently. They closed multiple in the South mainly stores to do re-education training. I don't know how far liberal you need to be to work at Starbucks. I unequivocally was denied a manager position and the person told me it was my politics. We don't hire people like you. She was... I guess inferring because of my military background. I wasn't serious. I just wanted to see if they do it. They didn't. Then there's this one. Bakery fires employees and admits is racist after refusing to serve black women after hours. It's in Portland, Oregon. And the story goes, somebody just didn't want to give them shit after 906 because they were concerned for their safety. And it turned into everybody's fucking racist. Yeah. Okay. Chelmsford tells business to remove excessive American flags. The town of Chelmsford says a flag display has gone too far. The issue is the location. On Saturday, it came out and we lined this 200 flags of support for our deceased veterans and all the people who have served. Said John Crandall, who works at the Lair Reality in Chelmsford. He's talking about a small American flag planted in front of the business for Memorial Day. When he went to work Friday, there was a surprise. There was a note in the door from the building department stating we had violated a flag violation, excessive flags. The problem, there's a town bylaw that says you can't use flags for commercial promotion. This is a commercial establishment located in a busy intersection. It was a front lawn of a particular property. And and in the opinion of our code enforcement officer, the building commissioner, it was a violation. The town wants the real estate company to take down some of the flags and leave up only what they call a reasonable amount. But I haven't said how many would be reasonable. We feel this is a patriotic act. It's not about our business. It's about supporting our troops. I think the flag speaks for themselves. I don't think we need to get in a fight with City Hall, said Crandall. The town hopes the realty company will get in touch so they can discuss the number of flags that they deem okay. Yeah. Okay. Flag's bad. But this is good. J. Crew unveils feminist t-shirt for boys and sells out. Funny tweets on the back. 
The kid in the future will be asking his girlfriend to open the pickle jar. Another one. It comes with a kick me sign taped to the back. Another one. You teach boys to be respectful men without emasculating them in the process. And the last one. Modern feminism is anti-boy. That's true. Oh, I got one more. I got about 40 in here. Period by one. Get a pussy hat for free for only (laughs) $29.50. This one was interesting. Are y'all serious? Jury gives four cents to family of black man killed in Florida by a Florida cop. 2014, two officers with St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office of Florida went to Gregory Von Hill's home for a noise complaint. Hill, a 30-year-old black man, had been blasted an expletive-laden song by Drake, according to court testimony reviewed by CNN. Of course, this is where it came from. And an unhappy woman who heard the song called the officers. Two deputies, including Christopher Newman, arrived at the house, knocked on the garage door, which Hill opened. The officers exclaimed that the man had a gun, according to a lawyer, a lawsuit from Hill's family. And so the 30-year-old closed his door. Newman fired bullets through the door, hitting Hill once in the head and twice in the chest. But the court said, well, if, uh, let me move on. Here it is. A jury just handed down his decision and led John Phillips, a fam- family's attorney, to issue Black Lives Don't Matter. At first, the jury gave the family $4 and included a single dollar for each of the Hill children, another dollar for the man's funeral express. NBC reported, but the jury found that Hill had been drinking at the time, was 99% at fault for his own death, so the $4 was reduced for $0.04. Cents, and yes, liberals... It was a multiracial jury. Guy was drunk. He brandished a gun. Slammed the door. This is how they all end. And only CNN and NBC and MSDNC want to push this shit. But sorry. You fuck with the cops with a gun. What are they supposed to do? Oh, you can shoot me because you're black. I heard somebody talking the other day. Well, I was that soundbite off my own podcast about how black cops are complicit. So they're, they're Uncle Tom's, basically. That's what she was inferring. Hmm. I watch Westworld. This season's really confusing. But anyway, Westworld star goes off the rails, tries to accuse fans of sexism. Rachel Evan Wood recently had some mind-boggling tweets. Wood plays Dolores in the hit show, and her character has been on a bit of a streak for blood recently. Apparently Wood didn't like it. This is what she tweeted. Funny, some people hate Dolores for fighting back. How soon we forget why she is fighting. Also, no one says anything about the male characters or the mother, almost as if people want her to stay the damsel. And now she is a so-called bitch? Doesn't that sound familiar? So next time you want to give the MIB for being a badass, then turn around and give Dolores a hard time. I will look in the mirror long and hard and question the nature of your reality. Now, my initial take was on this. She's a libtard. I already knew it. Liberals are morons. But then I started reading the replies. Okay, I want everybody to understand. It's a TV show. It's not real. Her and the people on this thread were conceptualizing how Dolores really should be a fucking character on a TV show of a remake of a really bad 1970s movie. So... Maybe step one is, it's not real. That's your reality. So, when you stare in the mirror, question your reality if you're taking TV way too seriously. This one cracked me up because LinkedIn this 
were suggestive articles on how to masturbate your vagina, how to groom your vagina, but feminists, for all the wrong reasons, were no different than me and were offended by this article from a, 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 you let your daughter have this magazine, you're a fucking moron. Teen Vogue, how to get your best summer vagina ever. These are some of the tweets. I have one, and even I am confused as to whether my vagina recognizes the seasons. <laughs> Another, where do I store my winter vagina? Another one, one, make sure to use mothballs when you put it away in storage for the winter. Another, why are we telling teen girls to need a summer vagina? I've never seen boys told to worry about their winter dick or autumn balls. <laughs> Another one, there are better or worse vaginas, Teen Vogue. Though your magazine's peddling patriarchal garbage to teenage girls and the guise of feminism seem to be no short supply. Another one, hell yeah, you nasty-ass teens with your stank coochies. Let woke-ass Condi Nas tell you how to get them bikini bottoms drier than a sa sandy SpongeBob mean. <laughs> that was by a woman, she said sarcasm. Uh, by the end, they changed the title to How to Keep Your Vagina Healthy for Summer. It was the usual thing. Don't walk around forever with wet bottoms. Let sand get in your gooch and all that kind of shit. This one's from the Washington Post. I put it in this section because I don't fucking get this. John Savitt sums it up. Did a spider write this? This is an actual article from the Washington Post. When they're not touting liberal talking points, they have shit like this. Don't kill that spider in your house. It's unlikely to bite you. and It's good for the environment. Okay. Other things that came across. William F. Buckley's genteel talk show seems hopeless out of step with today's debate. But is America ready for a kinder, gentler political TV? They're talking about bringing back intellectuals who don't scream and yell at each other. It'll just be liberals arguing about how to be more liberal. Other liberal craziness. Louis Vuitton hired a shaman to stop the rain for a fashion show. Article never said if it worked. Hmm. This stat... Which could have, should have been a stat, but it literally, I brought it back here because it's in the crime section. More drivers killed under the influence of drugs than alcohol. A new report found fatality, fatally injured drivers are increasingly under the influence of one or more drugs. Some 22.3% of fatally injured motorists were tested for drugs were positive. What was the drug? Marijuana. Majority marijuana, some meth. Hmm. This is a sad one. American healthcare workers are committing suicide at an unprecedented rate. All of the physicians that I knew who took their lives were American medical graduates, a worrisome statistic if it reflects the general trend. A full 24% of physicians in the U.S. are international medical graduates. My specialty pathology is about 40% of international graduates. This person talks about themselves forever, and they break down that there's a striking increase of 25% of healthcare workers that are killing themselves. Hmm. Maybe it's because they get there and they realize it's not Grey's Anatomy and not everybody's having sex all the time. Who knows? This article sat as shit inside a porn addiction clinic with patients as young as eight. Let that set in for a while. This is what you do when you hand them a phone. In obviously stupid articles that were on CNN, workout warning and tense exercise may have deadly results. 
Conditions cause a breakdown of muscle tissue, releasing a damaging protein in the blood, possibly damaging the kidney. Yeah. Rubbed. I can't say it, but I've heard of it. Rhabdomyolosis. It's when you don't have enough liquid in food and your body breaks down shit. Another stupid one. Study says seafood is sexy, leads to more lovemaking in babies. Do we really need a study on it? And I bet we paid for that. Hmm. This is crazy as fuck. After hoarder dies, cleaner discovers mummified body in his home. It doesn't look like he killed the person, but he was buried under all the trash. In the fuck... Well, I'm going to save this for the end. This one's scary as fuck. Knife-wielding, snake-dancing man shot by police in a platinum fitness parking lot. A man who police said were wielding a knife was shot to death Friday by officers in a parking lot of Planet Fitness. Shooting occurred around 9 a.m. and 2... 20,000 block of Hawthorne Boulevard, according to Torrance Police Sergeant. A service call involving a subject brandishing a knife in area of Planet Fitness. The suspect, described as a third in his 30s, had a folding knife that was approximately four inches length, which he was waving around in a parking lot. Witness said the man was holding a snake and doing some sort of ritualistic dance. Of course, he was told to put the weapon down. He charged the officers. They killed her. A weird one, which goes in our technology stuff. Canon shutters 80 years of history of film cameras. They're no longer making film cameras. Hmm. You think about it, I haven't used a film camera forever. This one gave me a chubber. Excuse a nasty talk, but hey, it's really important. Tom Cruise shares first look at Top Gun Part 2. Woo! Standing in front of a F-18. Come on! I know it's going to be bad, but I got. I'm going. Opening night. I'm going. I'm going to relive my teenage years. And our last article before a lighter fare. Police, woman named Crystal Methvin, arrested for what? Having crystal meth. I cracked up over there. Her name is Crystal Methvin. M-E-T-H-V-I-N. That pretty much fucking sums it up. Sums it the fuck up. To our lighter fare. A couple articles before a soundbite. First one. With recent comments from Roseanne Barr providing the spark for ABC to cancel her show, ESPN owned by Disney, same company that owns ABC, reportedly had a message for some of their on-air personalities. This was only carried by the Washington Examiner. Everybody else ignored it. ESPN warns anti-Trump hosts to be careful. Tweets to it. They rehire Keith Oberman. Exactly how careful is careful. Imagine the reaction to this headline where Sinclair warns anti-Trump hosts to be careful. Hmm. Which is an angle I forgot. We just freaked out about Sinclair making them do this positive America speech and how they're controlling local news and it's so fucking horrible. And you people are the same. You use the same talking points. Then there's this one from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Barbecue smoke absorbed through your skin could give you cancer, study says. This is actually true. The Daily Mail reports that a new study published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology says carcinogens can actually be absorbed through your skin. Protect yourself 
from billows of grill smoke isn't too simple. If you do choose to do what you can to mitigate your risk, wearing long sleeves and pants may help, Report reported live science, but only for a short period of time. PAHs, prolific, pro, procyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, quickly saturate the fabri- fabrics, fabric of your clothes, according to the further testing from the Chinese study. Your porous skin is then at risk for soaking up the chemicals until you change your outfit. Your best bet for boarding PAH is to stay inside. If the one man in the grill, the researchers recommend wearing protective clothing while you cook and change immediately afterwards. Freddie Coleman tweets, I guess that's it. Summer is canceled. Others were, are you fucking serious? Are you serious? Our soundbite is going to be Matt Best 11X Couples Counseling and two Ranger Up little montages. One is International Wrestling Day and then something I'll start doing from now on. They're doing the Bad News Network. It's kind of a twist on the old action figure therapy which would totally liberal batshit crazy and I don't even follow anymore. Uh, they used to do stupid news. This is their version. This is the first one they ever did. Enjoy. I wouldn't say like the move has been stressful. The bugs. It's definitely the bugs. Literally, literally last night, she's like, there's a spider. So as the husband I am, I came in there looking like John Rambo. And, it, and like at this point, it's a Mexican standoff. And I'm sitting there going, listen to me, spider. You, me, you, you. Dead. Won her over. And not to mention, she's over in the corner wetter than a fucking thunderstorm in Texas. That's not true. Then what happened? He, you, thought the speck of dust on the ground was the spider, and then when you realized what the spider actually looked like, <laughs> it freaked out. I no. You scream like a bitch. I might not be the best at killing spiders, but the one thing I'm always good at is fucking. I don't even need to have one. When she's on her period, it is like I am Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park trying to fucking resonate emotionally with a priest or a dinosaur. Like, don't eat the fucking children! First off, off, I just want a little bit of extra love. I want some hugs. I just want some kisses. I want like a little bit of chocolate. It's not a big deal. It's pretty normal. If I go to buy a gun, sometimes I come back with more than a gun. Like... Check out what I fucking bought! And then uh, Noelle just looks at me dead in the eye and goes, Take me. Yeah, it's actually about right. Hey guys, Matt Best here. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd really like to get more out to you. I don't know where this link's gonna be. Hi, this is Nick Palmashano with Ranger Up's Bad News Network.
In international news, a super hot American actress is marrying kind of a weird looking ginger infantryman from England. If this teaches us nothing, it's that as an infantryman, we can achieve anything if we work hard, are a good dude, and happen to be a member of the royal family worth a half a billion dollars. Boston Dynamics has released a video showing a series of aggressive robots running, jumping, and doing backflips. And nobody seems to have a problem with this. The media has been in a Trump frenzy about his comments regarding immigrants as animals. The problem we would find by watching more than the two-second clip that the media showed everywhere is that he was actually responding to a direct question about MS-13, a gang that is known for murder, rape, and mutilation in order just to get into the gang. The AP, after 24 hours, issued an apology and a retraction and featured the full clip. Everyone else, when presented with these facts, said, I don't care, he's still a meanie meanie poo-poo pants. New information has come to light about the Las Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock. Allegedly, his reason for shooting everybody was he wanted to bring to light a government conspiracy to seize everyone's guns. In response to these allegations, the liberal media said, that guy is clearly crazy. Now we're going to use these stories to try to ask the government to seize everyone's guns. The internet is a buzz right now with whether people are hearing Laurel or Yanny. The Air Force, excited about their brand new army uniforms, dropped a badass meme with a picture of an A-10 that just said, better to hear Laurel or Yanny than to hear Bert. Soldiers everywhere thought this was awesome. The Air Force quickly pulled this meme down and retracted it, apologizing to anybody that they may have offended, proving once again that despite their new cool uniforms, they're still the Air Force. After years of being dicks, North Korea has responded positively to President Trump being an even bigger dick. There are already rumors about President Trump possibly receiving the Nobel Peace Prize for this peace summit. Hold on, wait one. Okay, looks like we've got a change here. Well, folks, it looks like North Korea has decided to go back to being a giant bag of dicks. And Marine Corps news, Marine Corps sniper school just wrapped up. And the two honor graduates are none other than two army soldiers. Pressed to comment on this, the Marine Corps responded, And as I'm apt to do, I'd like to close out on some serious stuff. Here's a tweet from Sean Davis. The Roseanne and Samantha B scandals aren't comparable. Roseanne wrote something on Twitter and her show was immediately canceled. In the case of Samantha B, an entire network's legal and editorial team knew exactly what B would be saying, approved it, and broadcasted it. And I think it pretty much sums it up. If we remember two podcasts ago, I was talking about Dean Obadiah and how he said that disrespectful Memorial Day stuff. Well, without fail, CNN brought him on. And here he is talking about this very subject. First of all, I, I'm on the record on my radio show and all over Twitter as saying that I found Roseanne Barr's comments to be ridiculous. They were awful, disgusting, demeaning. Any comparisons between black people and monkeys, that's a no-go in my book. And I'm always at the ready, guns blazing, to shoot that kind of commentary down. Now that I've said that, if we're going to talk about the civility or lack thereof... Why, why does Bill Maher still have a show? 
if just tweeting something vulgar out is the standard, then a lot of other people in Hollywood should not be on the air. They should not be on television if that's the standard. What we have to do if we really want to be honest and have our experiences validated is admit that there's a double standard. So Roseanne lost her job. I'm not defending Roseanne. I'm asking how does Samantha B still have a job? Okay. All right. Uh, Dean, you want to... Sure. Uh, I mean, there's a vast difference between what Samantha B said, which was vulgar and provocative <laughs> and wrong, and a racist comment by Roseanne Barr. And Stacey criticized right. Roseanne, didn't use the word racist there. Donald Trump will not right. use the word racist to talk it about her. Donald Trump, there, well, I that's said great. It. I said Donald Trump, well, Donald Trump won't use the word racist. racist. He don't, won't use the word racist about me. the people in Charlottesville. Okay. They're very fine people. The reality is they're far different. I'm not and Donald Roseanne Trump. Barr has a history of anti Muslim bigotry, which I've written about. Other, Susan Rice comparing her heard to an ape in the past. Roseanne Barr should have never been on ABC. I wrote about it for CNN last month saying you're going to have problems with her from a corporate point of view and you do. Right now, Samantha Bee's lost two sponsors. It could result in her losing her show. I hope not. She apologized. She's an important voice. I'm I'm talking about either we care about all of it or we don't care about any of it. So when people like Joy Behar compared, uh, you know, hearing from God, praying to God, to mental illness, she kept her job. She was forced to apologize by the head of Disney. She didn't even that's apologize. A whole, that's a whole, that's a whole, context no, is everything. Not, yes, it, it is. is. That is that that is, that, okay, so this is where, hold on, hold on, hold on, please, because I'm out of time. But I'm de- that's what I mean about we're going to get to a place where nobody can say anything. I saw that episode live with Joy Behar and I thought it was like so it, it's it's a joke I didn't think she was comparing mm-hmm. Christians and the, but that's how it People is evolved it. she was not comparing making a joke about one thing it's, on it's one thing to say she said it's one thing uh, to talk to God it's another thing to have to hear voices or God talk to you that's Okay, that was, but that is not on the same level as it's comparing somebody to no, racism. Is racism. I'm a Christian too, Stacey. Hold on, Stacey. I'm on Christian radio, and I can tell you that was offensive. Millions of people. So I just I know it may seem apple and oranges, but he offended. Hundreds of thousands of vets. I wasn't the only one who called Sirius who never responded to me. And he's an expert on what's right or wrong to be said. And that pretty much sums up our media. You can say whatever you want as long as you have that D or L or P. You're you're one of us. When you're one of us, you can do what you want. And I will give props for conservatives. They've been trained on this. They don't have a choice. Because once again, as we said in the beginning, you own everybody else's con- com- um, comments if you're conservative leaning. If one person does it, it sums up everybody just like Roseanne. You know, we started the show with two people out of hundreds of thousands saying, this is the Republican people. These are Trump voters. But you never heard the same thing from Samantha B. When it was binders of women, 47%, every conservative owned Mitt Romney. When Hillary Clinton said deplorables, it was a gaffe. When liberals jump all over shit and take the littlest thing and make it about Trump, it's not pouncing, it's not seizing. But when a network broadcasts somebody calling the sitting president's daughter a cunt, it's conservative seizing on things. So I just got to call it out.
So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments by email at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP podcast gmail.com you get this show on soundcloud podcast addict tune in radio google play itunes blueberry and stitcher remember to check out the flyover politic webpage at f-o-p-p-o-d-c-a-s-t.com fop podcast.com <clears throat> it's a theme to see links to feeds of the show links to the facebook page and to email us there you'll see a link to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page so um since i'm getting this out way early and i know i've been podcasting a lot more I want to do another one. So you're looking forward to a new podcast on the 8th of June, year of our Lord, 2018. And uh, until then, enjoy your week. Be safe. Make sure you disconnect all your bullshit. Don't give the yah-yahs. I know I say it every show, but it's really important. Uh, give your family your attention. Enjoy the nice weather that's hitting us all, unless you're where I live, where it's a million degrees and you just don't want to go outside. And make sure, as I say in every show, send me comments. You want some subject covered? You want some off-topic things? Send me an email. I'm sure by the end of this week while I'm sitting at the house, my wife's gone, I'll have another review on some show you probably never wanted to watch. So if there's a subject, shoot me that email and I will do it and give you the shout out in the show. Until then, friends, you all take care. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at FOPPODCAST.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.